Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, gang? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you for the next couple hours with lots to get to as the Jets drop their final game of that five-game road trip coming back two and three for three more games at home, beginning with the hot, hot Buffalo Sabres who've won four in a row tomorrow night at Canada Life Centre. A couple more games against Philly and St. Louis and then an 11-day break for the All-Star game and the player break will be all over the Jets coming back home. Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun and Brandon Rowicki coming up and a little later on, looking forward to welcoming in Jeff Malott of the Manitoba Moose to the program. We've had a couple of great chats with Jeff over the last couple of seasons and uh, lots going on with the Moose on the ice and off the ice. And we'll get to all of that with Malott coming up a little bit later on in the program. Um, welcome to everyone watching on YouTube. If uh, you're new around here, or just discovering the show, make sure you hit that red subscribe button and join us daily live on YouTube at one o'clock PM. And for all of you podcast listeners, thanks for making WST part of your day. Make sure to check out the YouTube channel as well when uh, you have the opportunity and uh, subscribe and you can check out the uh, video component to the show as well. Um, Big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, starting with Princess Auto and, of course, our betting partners over at Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Culligan Water, Canadian Club, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consoli, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, We'll get into a why not question of the day for the gang over not Autocorp but Waverly and McGillivray. Michael Remus, what's up? How are you, man? You know what? Like, I'm feeling okay. You know, you like, would have liked to see the Jets get a win. Um, I think they played well enough to win, but they didn't. You look at some of the chances that they had. I mean, Adam Lowry, some guys, we got to get this guy a goal. And uh, Mark Shifley had a point blank chance. I mean, two posts. You know, Morrissey has this amazing save at the end, and you have the two posts. And they still uh, couldn't put one past Soros and showed you why he's an all-star and why he had that uh, 60 save effort. So, um, uh, you know, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. I would have liked to get the two points for the Jets, but uh, they weren't able to. But I don't think they played, like, horrible. You could tell they were a bit fatigued at the end of a road trip as much as we hate saying that. I think that's the, that is the reality. You, but the second period, not, not great. But the first and third were, were solid and, you know, bouncier there they could win. Heck of a start, Remo. And, and listen, the first couple minutes were notable uh, for a couple reasons. First of all, Pierre-Luc Dubois scoring on an absolutely brilliant thread-the-needle pass from Cole Perfetti. And then less than a minute later, Big Stan was back on the ice crushing Cody Glass and dropping the gloves with one of the members of the uh, of the Nashville Predators. Um, a lot going on in that first couple minutes of the hockey game. Yeah, and that was one thing that coming into the game has, uh, they said there was going to be some lineup changes. We weren't really sure what they were, but then after the show, you know, the Jets what, couldn't have announced it uh, between the hours of 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. that it was Logan Stanley activated and Vili Hainala sent down. And I don't know if they told Stan, hey, man, if you're going to be in the lineup, uh, you're 6'7". I don't know if you know, you got to throw your weight around. And he certainly did, although I do find it funny. The guy he fought was uh, five foot. 11 so a bit of a height advantage there but hey uh fights fight he threw the body around i think you that's what you want to see i mean you saw that big clapper as well uh from him but i mean cole perfetti this guy's having an awesome season 
I think he's going to be getting more Calder talk as he's now second in rookie scoring. And just a beautiful pass um, to Pierre-Luc Dubois for a tap-in. And unfortunately, that was the only, you know, that was the beginning and the end of the Jets' offensive or goal-scoring production last night. Both goalies were incredible last night. Both goalies showed why they're representing the Central Division at the All-Star game. I mean, UC Soros, Soros made... 32 saves on 33 shots, and Connor Hellebuck made 39 on 41. I mean, you can't fault the goaltenders on either side of um, uh, of the ledger for last night. And I thought Connor Hellebuck played very well, well and kept his team in the game. Um, and Saros made some big saves, and let's face it, was a little fortunate at the end. And to be great, you got to be good, and you got to be sometimes a little lucky. And those two posts or crossbars in the final, what, 90 seconds of the game, I think was somewhat of the story last night. I mean, I didn't I didn't have any problem with the way the Jets played, the effort last night. Obviously, the second period got away on them a little bit, and this was a big push from a desperate team, um, like we said yesterday, that we were expecting last night, playing as if their season was on the line. Uh, but their best player, UC Soros, was, in my opinion, the difference yesterday, Remo, although there were some things the Winnipeg Jets could have done better, but... You know, end of that road trip, I mean, the way they came out, started the game, I don't think there was any question that the Winnipeg Jets were ready to play. This was just a really tough, tight game that was going to go one way or the other, and UC Saros was able to make one more save in the uh, home net. Yeah, both goalies were excellent, Huss, and I'm looking at, um, what are you looking at? Expected, uh, or sorry, goals saved above expected, and Connor Hellbuck, I mean, he they expected that he'd let in just over five, and he let in... Um, Two, uh, pretty impressive numbers there. Yes, uh, goal expected goals against five point two. He let in two. Uh, UC Soros expected goals against was three point two, and he let in one. So I mean, both guys uh, performing above expect. This is why they're top goalies in the league. And um, I'm just thinking of some of the chances, like Adam Lowry. Talked with him, had a couple point blank. Morgan Barron backhand off a rebound. Uh, like in the third period, Mark Shifley all alone off a turnover. And shoots it right at the pads, and then you have again you have the two play you know the two posts in the final minute after Josh Morrissey makes his brilliant play back check uh, on a with a net empty of uh, Shifley hitting the post and then Ehlers as well. So the game was right there. It was a tight one. Last game of a road trip. Um, you didn't quite get there. Uh, it's too bad. And you come home and from you know here the way Pierre Luc Dubois sounded is that they can't wait to get back and sleep in their own beds and not have to travel and all that. So a nice stretcher at home against some teams below you in the standings. Although, Huss, when you're at the top, everyone is below you in the standings. Yeah. But, but Listen, these are teams below get the, the same thing line. on. They're yeah. going to get the same thing on Monday from St. Louis that's going to be desperate to get a win and try and get back into the mix right now. I will say that expected goals of five against on Connor Hellebuck is that's a concerning number. And I, I will say that surprised me a little bit. Maybe maybe I didn't respect the chances and the amount of rubber that the Predators had in the second period on Connor. Um, because, man, he just looked so solid right from the get-go. I mean, there was a deflection and then that weird bounce that led to the game winner on the wraparound. Um, but overall, I thought he was really in control. And maybe we take Connor Hellebuck for granted at times with just how good and how solid he is masking some of the defensive breakdowns or opportunities that the other teams get. But that number sort of stood out to me. Um, again, there's all sorts of interesting ways that those numbers are, con- uh, are 
concocted, if you will, but it, it does tell the story that the Predators were the better team over the course of the night. And I thought it was a pretty close game. The difference was really in the second period where um, they really outshot uh, Winnipeg and had more high danger chances. The first and third periods were pretty even. And if people want to know expected goals, it's just measuring like how close you're shooting to the net. And the closer you get shots, you know, closer you are to the goal, the higher chances it go, goes in. So, I mean, it's telling you a story uh, of the game. And you look at the shot attempts at five on five, but um, Nashville was 58-48, but that second period, it was 21-9 to for Nashville. And the other periods were, were basically even, and uh, Nashville had the more high-danger scoring. You know, it's funny. It's funny, Huss, how we talked about face-offs yesterday and how much, uh, you know, the Jets could use someone who could help them at face-offs. Now, the face-offs yesterday were 50-50. However, on that first goal, the tip-in by Cody Glass, um, it was right off a lost defensive zone Face off, and that's a tough one here because you're a tough one anytime, Huss. Your fourth line gets scored on against, and I mean, that's the line you put out there. Uh, you know, you got to, I don't want to say tread water, but keep it even. And Stanlin's your best face off guy. That was a, that one definitely hurt. And it was funny hearing Cody Glass after the game, Huss, say, you know what, he grew up watching Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, and really looked up to them. And I was like, man, another sign that we're just getting so damn old when. These kids are coming to the league talking about I think still think Mark Shelf he's like a rookie, young player, just got drafted. But uh no, it's twenty twenty-three. Uh, you know, the Jets have been around for eleven years. Uh we're gonna hear from Dubois in a minute. Um he was an absolute beast last night. Um he was everywhere. I think he had what seven shots on goal, obviously had that first goal and was so engaged, Remo. I mean, it didn't seem like there was many whistles that Dubois wasn't involved with somebody at the end and at the end of the game as the Jets push to try to pull out a miraculous tying of the game. He was there going at it with two guys at the end, um, at the end of the game when the final buzzer went and didn't stop for a little while afterwards. Uh, man, he was, oh, listen, I, I, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that Pierre-Luc Dubois was engaged, but man, you think about these tough divisional games on the road that, you know, feels a lot like playoff hockey. And I know there's a lot of questions about where Dubois is long-term. Right now, he is going to be a problem for other teams and um, probably could have had a couple more last night with the amount of chances and rubber that he put on Soros. Yeah, Dubois, I mean, he's going with the... Uh, it's like when a wrestler pulls out a legend's move, Huss, like someone's like takes the sharpshooter or something and to honor Bret Hart. It's like Dubois knows he's in Winnipeg. He's got to honor Dustin Bufflin. So when you play against Nashville, you got to go and grab... Grab two guys, two guys, and, and go be, and go beast mode. That's, I mean, it's the callback. So I mean, you gotta like uh, Dubois' game. And again, he has that element that not a lot of people have. I mean, you saw him. I thought you were say he went beast mode in intermission on Jesse Pollock and Corwin from bar down when they couldn't get the puck from him. But <laughs> I don't know if you you saw that one. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's he's big dude. It's tough and. Um, he's a guy you want to have in these type of rivalry games. Uh, he uh, He's going to be a big, big part of this team come playoff time. It'll be interesting to see, and we'll talk about it with both Brandon Rewicki and Scott Billick, who and where the Jets might want to add as we get closer to the uh, March 3rd trade deadline. Um, let's finish up, though, talking about last night's game before we move on to some of these other topics. And we'll hear first from head coach 
Rick Bonus. Some um, Bone spoke after the game. Of course, some um, this team playing what was it nine straight games in different cities. I mean, a uh, quick road trip back for one game at home, and then these five games on the road that finished up. Still three more before the break, but all three games at Canada Life Centre. But uh, Bone started off by uh, giving his thoughts on uh, a hard-fought game where his team just fell short. It seemed like you guys were generating a lot of chances throughout the game. Just kind of overall thoughts on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we also passed up a lot of chances to shoot. And we, we had some odd man rushes in the second period that we didn't take advantage of. So the, the, the opportunities to put more pucks on the net were there. It seemed like you dictated the play through the first 20 minutes, a good opening period. If you agree with that, but the middle period seemed like... Middle period, that's what I mean. We're, we had some two-on-ones and three-on-twos that we just... We, we were trying to make plays that weren't there, and we slowed up on the rush, which allowed their back checkers to get back. So, um, yeah, the, the intensity dropped off a little bit in the second period, and when you're playing a desperate team like we were tonight, then, um, yeah, that, that's... Uh, <laughs> But yeah. All right, there's Bones. Some pretty good uh, analysis of the game. And I think he said, you know, they let off it a little bit in the second period. I think that was a big, big part of why, you know, some of those advanced metrics are skewed in favor of the Nashville Predators. Bottom line was this is a very, very tight, hard fought game right down to the end. And, um, you know, the Jets came up one goal short and one save short. Uh, Bones. Also was asked about, you know, just where his team is at fatigue-wise after um, ripping off, what, five games in eight days. That's no excuse. We, uh, we, we, we played hard for the most part. And we just let up when we shouldn't have, and they, and, uh, they didn't. And um, their goalie made some huge saves for them. Our goalie, as you mentioned, our goalie made some huge saves for us. And it certainly wasn't a 2-1 game in terms of... Uh, offensive opportunities for either team but the both goalies were outstanding I guess we shouldn't be surprised by that two all-star you know goalies in each yeah, net and but seen Connor it, seemed like he seen enough of their guy and uh, over the years to know how great a goalie he is and what we've seen Connor all year been outstanding and kept in a lot of games so it was a, it was yeah both of them were on tonight all right so there's bones um tipping the cap to both goaltenders who uh, certainly deserved it um, but despite a very Hectic schedule and a lot of travel. Um, no excuses from Rick Bonus, and um, I think that's good for the players. And uh, it's been a similar message all year long. I mean, uh, it is what it is, and uh, you know, dwelling on challenges doesn't change anything. The bottom line is to go out and play a full sixty. Wasn't too pleased with the second period, um, but overall, that was a game that could have gone either way. And uh, I don't think Bones will be losing too much sleep about the way his club played. Yeah, I think they just want to play, you know, a competitive game and have a close. They had chances to win. They didn't. They know that there's areas they can improve, and they're going to work on that. Um, I don't think they're going to – again, you had the two posts at the end, and you had a bunch of chances. You know, maybe Bones felt you passed uh, when you could have shot, but, I mean, Shifley, Lowry had a couple, Barron. There were there were definitely uh, opportunities. Saros was pretty go- good, and, look, sometimes it just doesn't go your way, and it didn't go – the Jets way last night, although they probably would like, you know, have a better, would have had a better second period if they had to say. Yeah, T. Kona Pauly agreeing, uh, agreeing with Bones that they did give up some good looks, um, giving up at least three glorious shots from the slot. Sometimes getting a little too pretty, but man, they did have some well, great great A's, and UC Soros kept on I, uh, kept on shutting the door. I think Soros, he gets in your head. 
Like, you you know, maybe when you think you could shoot, you yeah. want to, like, try to get that perfect goal. And I think there was one, like, Mark Scheifele, he had, could have just shot a rebound, but then maybe just threw it, you know, threw it away for a pass. Um, I do think there's a mental game when you go up against a goalie like that and he's on and you think, no matter what I do, I'm not going to be able to score. And you want to make that perfect play. So maybe he got in their head a little. I don't mind that theory, Remo. Uh, here's one more from Bones. And as Remus mentioned, um, after we were on the air and finished up the program, uh, Jets PR put out the uh, release that Billy Hanel had been reassigned to the Manitoba Moose and Logan Stanley was activated, which got everyone thinking that maybe this was the night that Stan would return. And uh, as we said, not only did he return, made a huge hit, dropped the gloves early on in the first period, and Bones was asked about uh, getting Stanley back in last night against the Preds. Yeah, well, we, we kind of we were hoping he, after the morning skate that he'd be feeling fine. How do you think he played? Fine. He did. He did his job. We want that big physical presence back there, and he certainly gave us that right off the bat. Um, he was, for his first game after a long laid off, he played very well. All right, there's uh, Rick Bonus. I um, have to agree. I thought Logan Stanley certainly didn't stand out in any negative ways. Um, um, you know, seemed to have confidence, got some pucks on net early on, Remo, and uh, certainly a nice return to the lineup for the big guy. Um, but, it was, of course, it was at the expense of Dylan Sandberg, who for the last couple of weeks, I think, has had to, you know, wait as Billy Hanel got an opportunity. And this is no knock on Sandberg at all. I think he's been uh, fine. But it will be interesting to see how they handle the seven defensemen that are with the team right now, in addition to Kyle Capobianco, who's sort of been a permanent fixture in the press box for the most part, even with Billy heading to the Moose. Yeah, I think Sandberg's been pretty good. It seems like they want to go to a rotation. They like, uh, you know, big stands, big body. You know, he blocks shots, throws his body around yesterday. He's got a big slapper. It is interesting to note, though, and Jeff Hamilton said this on K&R yesterday. They did scratch, you know, Dylan Sandberg. I don't think he's done anything to get scratched. They just wanted to get Stan in. I don't know if this is a coincidence or what, but it was his, wasn't just his birthday yesterday, turned 24. It was his champagne birthday Turning 24 on the 24th, I had to explain that to you before the show. What a champagne. I did not know. I thought that was the type of party one has, you and know, hit the champagne room for the birthday. Yeah, no, it's, well, I think you do have champagne on your champagne uh, birthday, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think that would be a great birthday present for Dylan Sandberg. Hey, you're not going to be in the lineup. I think it's just a coincidence of poor timing, but. Um, Nobody wants sure what, to drink Dom in the press box. Yeah, maybe he just had his own. Maybe he just had his own party in the press box, or he celebrated uh, too hard the night before in Nashville. I have, I have no idea. But uh, just getting scratched on your birthday has—it's not a nice birthday present. Uh, I guess not. Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm very interested to see where they go to. Um, you know, with the game tomorrow night against Buffalo, does Samber come right back in? Does Stanley get a few games in a row to sort of get going? The timing of this is strange, too, because, of course, there's three games, and then there's 11 days off for the player break and the all-star break. So that'll certainly be something we'll pay attention to tomorrow in the morning skate and discuss tomorrow in the program as the Jets get ready to host the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, but Pierre-Luc Dubois was everywhere last night. Uh, a major pain in the rear end for the Nashville Predators and getting in the face of a number of guys after whistles and very, very much involved in both ends as well. Um, Dubois spoke after the game, and here were uh, big number 80's thoughts on the 2-1 loss to the Preds. Yeah, it was a tight game. 
we play these teams that are looking up at us in the standings, and you know they got to they got to start winning to these teams that aren't in playoff spots. Um, they're hungry. I mean, we we can be. Uh, I know you know we look we look at the standings and we're we're happy with where we're at, but there's still a lot of hockey left to be played. Um, a lot can change, and we have to have that same hunger we had for the first uh, half of the season. So generating a lot of opportunities out there. So yeah, I mean, the other team's trying to win too, and their goalies can play well, and the goalie tonight played well. Bucky kept us in it. Um, it's a tight game. All right, there's Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was um, everywhere last night. Um, one more clip from Dubois, and then we're going to uh, chop it up with Scott Billick on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Here's Dubois and the difference in the game and looking forward to coming home after so much travel over the last few weeks. Um, I mean, three posts in the last minute and a half. That's uh, that's a big difference maker. Um, you know, the tips in front of the net, getting sticks. Um, there's a lot of things that, that can change the course of a game. I'd say three posts or two posts in the last minute and a half. That's a that's a pretty uh, pretty big game changer. Well, you guys want to end this trip on a high note. Your overall thoughts about a season-long five-game three? Yeah, it's uh, disappointing going two and three. Um, you know, we we want to keep building that gap between us and other teams. We had a good first half of the season, um, both you know, standing-wise and now we were playing. Um, you know, this roadshow kind of feels like a little slide down, but there's a lot of hockey left to be played, and we can play better, and we know it. And you know, now we have a three-game home stand until the break. Looking forward to getting home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm extremely excited to get home. All right, uh, you can tell by that final answer, this has been a long trip, the longest of the season for the Winnipeg Jets, and team looking forward to getting back after the game last night, R&R, and getting ready for a hot Buffalo Sabres team. We'll touch on that with Scott Billick coming up in just a few minutes. Bad news, everyone. This beautiful run of a couple of uh, above-normal weeks in January, yeah, that's coming, coming to an end. And if you have been waiting to get that battery looked at or taken care of. Now's the time to do it before you are sucked in by the deep freeze. Manitoba Battery, Donnie and his great staff are ready for you right now. If you're wondering about the life of your battery, you want to get it tested, pop down to 1026 Logan Avenue. They'll take care of you and let you know where you're at. And if you do know that it is time to get a new battery, shop local, get the best price in town, saving money and time with Manitoba Battery because guess what? You don't even need to head down there if you're busy. Let Donnie and the gang know by phoning Manitoba Battery or giving them a, or hitting them up online at manitobabattery.com and they'll deliver it to you same day anywhere in Winnipeg if you order by 3 p.m. Very simple. Manitoba Battery is the place. It'll give you the best price on batteries, saving you time, money, and the gas to get it. Manitobabattery.com, 1026 Logan Avenue. Tell them the boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. Uh, man, I can't wait to get through this cold weather and get looking ahead to the summer. And Consolidated Supply is already preparing for spring and summer when it comes to things like landscape, irrigation, artificial turf, and more. Not to mention some of those great outdoor projects to get the most out of your home or property, like the addition of a hot tub or an outdoor kitchen. Pop down and see them in person. 1395 Niaqua Road East. Spicy Joe, Gino and the gang there to help you out. You might even hear Winnipeg Sports Talk on when you get there. 
And you could also check out everything they've got going online at their newly relaunched website at cte.ca. Big thanks to Consolidated Supply for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Well, Josh Morrissey was awesome again last night as he's been all year. And Josh, as much as he does on the ice, does plenty in the community. And part of that is teaming up with us and Wallace and Wallace for the Unsung Hero program. We're looking for folks that are making a difference in the community. Not necessarily looking for credit, but certainly those that deserve it. Whether it being long hours, dedicating time out of their schedule to charitable work, working with those in need, helping out with sports and recreation programs, or maybe just being that neighbor that always helps out those on the block that might not be able to do it for themselves. Send us an email. Tell us about the unsung hero in your life. Unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. We'll pick a winner early in February from our January entries. And our unsung hero is going to get an autographed jersey from Jets all-star defenseman Josh Morrissey. And at the same time, Wallace and Wallace is going to donate $500 to the Dream Factory in the name of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener that nominated the unsung hero. And Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that 500 as well. So everyone's a winner. The Dream Factory, the unsung hero, and those of us here on Winnipeg Sports Talks that celebrate our Wallace and Wallace unsung hero. And just before we bring Scotty in, don't forget, if you're looking to boost immunity and make it through this winter, check out the great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries at Vita Health Fresh Market. When you shop at Vita Health, you're supporting a great local company, family-owned and operated since 1936, with Manitoba's largest assortment of local products, too, like Colflex Oregano Spray. Battling colds and sore throats has never been easier. It's made locally by Inatech Nutrition. Colflex Oregano Spray helps relieve coughs and sore throats and helps to maintain immune function. Get yours today at any Vita Health location. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. All right, let's welcome in Scotty Billick for his weekly visit to the program. Scott, what's up? How are you, bud? Yeah, I'm doing good today, man. Uh, getting ready for the deep freeze, as you mentioned in your your ad reads there it's coming we've had a good winter though Huss. we've, we've had, had a good winter like i'm not going to complain yeah. about one deep freeze like no we've had a pretty good winter right no that being said every single time it gets to minus 30 it's... there's 40 people lined up at manitoba battery for obvious reasons <laughs> so yeah. be proactive folks get that taken care of beforehand don't be that guy that's supporting local man that's all they're doing they're supporting <laughs> exactly local, right? exactly <laughs> Um, what'd you think of the game last night? Uh, obviously didn't go the way the Jets wanted to pretty yeah. tight, brilliantly goaltended on both ends and yeah. uh team falling, uh, falling just short. How'd you, how'd you see it? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think the Jets probably, I, I think they win that if they don't play that second period that they played, right. They just got caved in. I mean, you know, that was, that was a bad period for, for the team. And, and, you know, I, I think, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of summed it up after the game. Like I, I I think those guys are tired. I mean, it's basically a two-week-long road trip. Um, you can look at Winnipeg as just another stop on that road trip when they came back to play Arizona there. Um, you know, I, I know what it's like being on the road for, I think the longest I've been on the road for a trip was 12 days. Um, it, it's, a, it's a lot, and, and, and it's just me. Um, you know, these guys are playing every second night, sometimes, you know, two nights in a row there. Um, so the fact that they played the team as well as they did, uh, and, and it was as close as it was, I mean, 
credit to Connor Hellebuck and UC Soros, obviously. Um, but, you know, yeah, that second period probably did them in. Uh, it felt a little bit like the Toronto game in that sense, at least. Um, but, yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I, it's Again, it's hard to, you know, what, what are you going to critique here? I mean, you know, that, that that's my hardest part with that game is, you know, they didn't play a poor game, right? I mean, even right to the last minute there and Boston himself. I mean, you know, Patrick Dubois, and Kyle, I was looking this up before I came on the show, see how many posts that this team has, and I can't find it, but I know that Connor and Dubois have 18 this season combined, nine each. Um, they've had a lot of sh- shots. They, they've missed a lot of shots on posts, and I think Jets are second overall in missed shots in the league. I was looking that up, too, um, next to Carolina. So, I mean, what you'd want to see, I mean, part of this road trip is you wanted to see, you know, some of these chances go in. Um, and I think that was the hallmark of, of, of the, the Toronto game and, and, and last night is, you know, you have a lot of chances, um, you know, with Hellebuck. I mean, I think the Jets gave up uh, 17 high danger chances in that game last night. Um, and I think they only allowed one goal on those. Um, you know, Hellebuck had a tremendous game. Um, you know, power play was over three again. Uh, you need those power plays rolling. Um, you know, especially when the penalty kill was back at its best. Um, you know, that that's just the way it goes. I mean, it, it, it was a tough, tough road trip by based on you know the record two and three. Um, but you know, they played a good they played good games in Toronto, Ottawa, and Philly, and 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 only managed two wins out of the three. I thought they could have won that Toronto game handily, um, if not for a couple of errors there. And a little more killer instinct. So, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's one of those trips. It's going to happen. Um, but you know, I think the right mindset. You listen to Dubois and Cole Perfetti after the game last night. I think the right mindset's there for this team. You know, I think you know they're they know you know this isn't the time to lose. This isn't the time to um, <clears throat> go on extended streaks or anything like that. And I thought they did that. They stopped the bleeding after Montreal and Toronto. And 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 I think they had a pretty good feeling going into. Um, last night, and I think when they come home to play Buffalo, and as you said, I mean Buffalo's on a, on a roll right now. Um, but you know, you gotta you gotta beat that team. Um, you know, they beat them uh, last week when they were in Buffalo. Um, Connor Hellebuck had a hell of a game uh, in that one. So yeah, I mean, you know, it, this is just one of those things. I, I I don't I don't see it as a a bad thing last night, but I mean, it's just another chance for this Jeff team to respond, and that's something they've done all season. You know, you mentioned uh, Dubois, and uh, we were just playing a couple clips from him <laughs> yeah. speaking after the game. Um, he was, uh, listen, he got that great goal and beautiful pass from Cole Perfetti right off the yeah. bat, but even more than normal, and maybe we shouldn't be surprised with it being a road game in the division against a team like Nashville. Um, he was involved during the play. <laughs> he was involved after the play. Oh, yeah. And... I'll say this. I know there's a lot of people that feel that Pierre-Luc Dubois has one foot out the door in Winnipeg. Um, You certainly wouldn't get that inclination by watching the way he's playing right now. And, uh, Scott, I couldn't help but just think about that guy playing like that for the Winnipeg Jets at playoff time. And, uh, listen, you also get the thought of how irreplaceable he would be if he's not sticking around. But that's a conversation for the future. Right now, this is a guy that that we're going to see – the fruits of that trade come through big time, I'd imagine, in the final games of this regular season and assuming the Jets are part of the postseason tournament when the puck drops in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why we've a lot of us have talked about this being an all-in kind of season for the Jets because of the uncertainty of his future in Winnipeg. 
Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you watch him in some of these games. I mean, you know, to me, he rarely takes a night off and often brings that intensity. But holy moly, like you watch him last night. And like, I mean, I, th- I think he was burying the scar on his face or the the, the nick on his face that he, that he took in that game. Um, yeah, I mean, he pulls the Jets into the fight, right? I mean, he reminds me of Dustin Bufflin that way. Would Dustin Bufflin lay a massive hit and, or, you know, whatever and and really pull the team into it, right? Get in the scrums, drag two guys around. You know, Dubois not maybe dragging a couple guys around, but he, he's getting in, in the grill of all these guys, right? And it's just one facet of his game because he has the scoring touch and he's got the ability to, you know, the speed to, to turn a defenseman and, and then the passing abilities and all that stuff. I mean, you look at his stats here that Remo was put up. I mean, he's a point-per-game player now. Um, his line with Cole Perfetti right now, it's been, it's been very good. I, you know, I wrote about this earlier this week. Um, you know, th- they've come, you know, last night they were the, the Jets' best line again. Uh, and it has been since the Toronto game, since they, since they, so those three games, I mean, it's been Winnipeg's best line. Um, he has such a great partnership with Kyle Connor. Um, and, and so now with Cole Perfetti there, I mean, you can see what, what that line's able to do um, just in zone with, you know, all the analytics and metrics and stuff like that. It, Dubois, uh, he's a bit of a unicorn, right? I mean, that's, that's how he is. And I, I'm, yeah, you know, it is. It, it's it, it's an interesting thing, right? Because it's almost like you know it's coming to an end, or you possibly know it's coming to an end, right? Um, but I think that's a more of a chance to kind of enjoy it while you have, and 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 a reminder to you know the the management brass of this team that you know you may not have this guy for much longer, um, but he might also lead you to the promised land. So. They got to figure that out. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You know, this is a huge test for this organization from the trade deadline and that sort of thing. Can they get it right one time um, to to make a you know massive run um, in the Stanley Cup playoffs? And and I, and I think this team's capable of doing that. I mean, they, I, they've had some off games this year for sure, but against like you know some of the best teams out there. Um, they've played them well. The Colorados, the the Boston. You know, they lost to Boston, but it was a good game. Toronto lost to Toronto again. Good game. Um, so I mean, they they can run with the best teams. And I think Dubois, you know, come playoff time, they, you know, you've seen player Dubois play. He he had a hell of a series against the Tampa Bay Lightning one year, and and against the Toronto Maple Leafs another year, and bouncing them in the bubble, I believe it was um, that that season. So um, yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> nothing he can't seem to do on the ice, right? And you he, know, and he's getting better. I mean, that's the crazy part. Well, it, listen, he, he's gotten better throughout this season and will right. continue to, and that's why, you know, whoever's paying his next contract is going to be forking out a large chunk of change, um, yeah. but will be better off for it. And listen, I mean, I know we've talked about, you know, will he or won't he? I, I'm, listen, whatever, Nick Kiprios, you know, there are always people that will have hot takes on that. To yeah. me, there's a lot of time left, and we can't think about this as you know immediately over at the end of this season because they do have another year if they want to go about that that being said i mean i do think that such a valuable asset you would hate to lose it for nothing but regardless of all of that scott we've talked about a next captain of the winnipeg jets and i mean josh morrissey obviously stands out adam lowry's another guy that we've talked about that you know has a number of those qualities i couldn't help but watch dubois Last night, being in the mix at the end of that game and then speaking afterwards and thinking if there was a way they got this guy's name on a contract, 
he could be a guy that would be um, a pretty incredible yep. leader and a guy that, you know, would would have a lot of those qualities. Um, obviously, that's not happening if uh, <laughs> anytime sure. soon yeah. if he doesn't get an <clears throat> extension. But um, there is a lot of that too, Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I'll be honest, I didn't think that way last year or uh, any previous time, you know, yeah. with his time here in Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think last year was a bit of a – he came out and, and, and spoke after a bunch of games last year, right? I mean, I, I think he was at times – I mean, Paul Stasny will probably get a lot of credit for being the truth serum at times. Um, but Dubois was out there doing that too, and, and, and I thought he was good. But I think this year with the kind of the reset on the leadership group on this team, Dubois really kind of stepped up and, 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 and made himself you know known as, as that guy who will – I mean, he, he said it. He wants to do everything. And, and I think part of that, too, is, you know, off the ice, too. I mean, you, you know, you want to be a captain in this league. Um, you know, you got to be able to, you know, that's the one thing about the Montreal thing. He's not going to be the captain in Montreal if he goes there, um, unless they strip it from what's his name there. So maybe, maybe, maybe. But I just don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. So uh, they have a captain, right, Montreal? Like, is it, they give it to. It was always see, Weber. Weber. And Do they now is it Gallagher? Right yeah, is it Gallagher? I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't even know. I thought no, they might take it away from Gallagher. I thought it was Nick Suzuki. I don't. Maybe they haven't given it to Suzuki yet or not. But oh, I think you are right. Yeah, I think yeah. you are right. And I don't think they would the take chat. it away. There's got to be a Habs fan. Yeah, in the some, chat. somebody I'll know, right? And, and there you go, Kabilis with Suzuki. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I, they're not going to take it away from Suzuki. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, yeah. I mean, it's 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 all wishful thinking at this point. I mean, I think you know. I, yeah, he would be a great captain. I wonder if Josh Morrissey and Adam Lowry would be all right if uh, you know if, if Pierre Luc Dubois had the uh, the captaincy as long as he stayed, right? Because it just extends this team's window for the length of all of their all three of those guys' contracts, right? That are all the two of the other two guys' contracts. Um, yeah, I mean he has it all. He has it all. It, it'd be a massive loss to lose him. Um, you know, I, I guess the 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 one thing that if they do lose him and he's having this tremendous season. Well, at least hopefully the the the, the asking price of we and what they trade him for um, will be higher and and the return will be greater uh, than than maybe it would have been after last season. But uh, you know, everything any any punch that you can pull, any rock that hasn't been unturned yet, uh, you know uh, that that's what you got to do. I mean, that's you got to try and make him feel like he's uh, you know, and especially in this market, he's got to be made to feel like he's you know the best player in the NHL. I have no, some, I have no doubt that the team. I mean, it oh, won't sure. be because of money, and it won't be because they haven't done everything they can to keep yeah. the guy. And again, we'll find that out. I think they really need to talk about that at the end of the season. But again, that's at the end of the season, and there is a lot to play for right now, both individually yeah. and for the team. You know, it, it's funny we were talking about that captain conversation here in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I mentioned those two guys, Morrissey and Adam Lowry. Morrissey's having, I mean, the breakout season, going to the All-Star game. Adam Lowry had a great start, but, man, is he snake bit right now. I think, what, 22 yeah. games without a goal right now, Scott? Oh, sandstorm, um, man. That's the worst part. How, um, how can, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe he's saving them up for home ice so he can maybe. get a few. Yeah. I, I have a feeling there'll be a large sigh of relief. I mean, he's certainly yeah. been getting chances. Had a couple more gorgeous ones last night. Um, but... You know, from your perspective, how big of an issue is that for the Winnipeg Jets right now? Just not getting that. I mean, you know, they did have goals from all four lines in the game against Philly, which was a nice yeah. change. 
Um, but, you know, Adam Lowry's playing a lot. Um, and listen, I mean, he's still at, you know, about half a point a game or thereabouts. It's not like he hasn't been involved this year. But um, how important yeah. is it for Adam Lowry to get back on the score sheet and maybe get a little bit more goal scoring from the bottom six, um, even with the top six playing the way they are and have been lately? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably why, you know, we've obviously noticed that Adam Lowry hasn't scored, but it hasn't been as detrimental to the team, I suppose. I mean, yeah, he bought one or two last night. That's a different result, of course. But, um, you know, they, they, you know, you go back to the game before, you're getting Axel Johnson, Fialbi, Stenland, and Carson Kuhlman all getting goals. At least they've been getting some goals. Like, it's not like the whole bottom six has been been snake bin. But you're right. I mean, Adam Lowry is the guy there that if you're looking at it, and maybe Morgan Barron as well, is like the two guys that actually, you know, have the, uh, the, the bit of the scoring touch, let's say, um, you know, they, they can act, you know, they, they can do those sorts of things and, 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 and put pucks in back in that and you know, at, at a rate that it's maybe higher than you would expect from, from a Johnson Fialbi or a Kuhlman. Um, you know, I, I guess what, you know, for me, at least with Adam Lowry is like, I find Adam Lowry is always on his game. And so, I mean, that's the one thing he's, he's kind of the, the gatekeeper to the top six for a lot of guys and, and that sort of thing, but it all comes at a price for him because he's always playing with different guys, and it's hard to kind of foster that chemistry. Um, yeah, I, I don't worry about Adam Lowry as much. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm around him a lot, and, and you talk to him a lot, and he's so level-headed, so even keeled all the time. Um, you know, yeah, you don't you know you don't really see him being a guy where this sort of thing kind of really affects him too too much. Um, but you know, he'll be the first to say that he would like to pot a couple more goals, of course, right? So. Um, uh, am I worried about it? Not, not particularly just yet. Um, but I mean, if, again, if the top six goes, you know, it, it's interesting, right? Because you even look at that Philly game and you're like, yeah, well, you know, the top six didn't really score a, a, a lot in that game, but they still won because they got, a, it, it, it's if both are, are, aren't really clicking, right. That, that it becomes a problem and then it gets a little more magnified. Um, that hasn't really been the case so far. I mean, the Jets are still scoring at, you know, uh, highest rate of some of the best teams in the league, I believe. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, not worried about Adam Lowry, uh, not yet. Um, you know, he'll want more goals. Every player does. Um, but I think he brings a lot to the game that, you know, this team as I mean, we talk about him being a captain I and mean, there's a reason for that. It's not just because of, you know, he, he can wax poetic in front of the media. Um, yeah, he's a good player that, that leads this team on the ice, whether it's dropping the mitts or, or whatever it is being, a, you know, a stalwart on that, on, on the penalty kill or, um, you know, there's so many facets to Adam Lowry's game that I think are kind of go a little underrated, I suppose, or doesn't get enough credit for. Um, so yeah, yeah, maybe it's just my own bias with Adam. He's a he's a good guy too at times, uh, all the time. Um, but you know, I, I don't think there's, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, and I'd have to look back. Like I don't know what those numbers kind of, um, you know, 23 points in 49 games, like you said, kind of a half a point a game. I don't know where he's at in terms of his career marks and all that this season. Um, because it slowed down a little bit. I'm not sure how how far he is off that, but uh, yeah, not not much of a not much of a worry in my mind. Well, the the so. assist number. I mean, he already has a career high in assists this year. Yeah, that's right. Right. I, so. I mean, you know, his career high in points is 29, and his career high in goals is 15. And I did go on the record saying he was going to break his personal best of goal scoring, and that's why he still might. Maybe maybe I'm the one that's concerned that he's gone 22 without one. Um, but certainly he has been more impactful. And as yeah. far as a passer, 
um, you know, has a career high in assists already. So um, maybe it is a little bit overblown. Sure would be nice to see him break that because, man, he's the one thing is he's getting quite a bit of a, quite a few opportunities. Right. He is known to drop the gloves every now and then. And uh, yeah. guess who was back in the lineup last <laughs> night? Big Stan, huge hit early in the game. Yeah. Um, one of the Nashville Predators decided it would be good to stand up for his teammate. Bad move. Um, I, I'm really interested to see how things go over the course of these next three games as opposed to who is in the lineup um, because we know Billy Hanel has gone to the Manitoba Moose. We know yeah. Kyle Capabianco is the insurance policy in the uh, in the press box. Um but now it's Dylan Sandberg and Logan Stanley that seemingly are battling for that last spot. What did you think about Stan's return to the lineup? I thought he was good given the fact that he's missed basically, I don't know what he was called. Exactly, right? I mean, that's, so this thing, he came back for what, two games? He got injured in that second game and he was out again. So it's like, and you know, here's the thing about Logan Stanley. And, and, and there was a couple you know, interesting kind of tweets that I've seen is that, you know, the even the analytics crowd was kind of happy with the way that he had played three injuries on both of them. Like he was actually... His numbers have been good this year. Uh, exactly, <laughs> right? And so, like, my my biggest concern with Logan Stanley has been, you know, is he going to use his, his size, right? I mean, you look at Tyler Myers, and I always felt that Tyler Myers never really used his size the way that Zidane Ochara would use his size. And we have so few of these guys to kind of compare to in terms of, like, you know, these, uh, let's call them long boys, um, you know, the big boys uh, that are that tall. And... You know, what What Stanley did last night was like, okay, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to, you know, I, I think he's, he, he's looked, I mean, I think they've asked for more physical. You look at Rick, what Rick Bonus said after the game, they they want a big physical defenseman back there. Um, that message obviously resonated with Logan Stanley uh, last night. He went out there, laid a mat, laid the body on a big hit, and, and then, and, and then, and then dropped the gloves. And if you're that sixth defenseman um, on the team and, and him with, and Dylan Sandberg, uh, you know, that that's what you want to see. I mean, that's what they're asking for. Dylan Samberg's not a small guy either. Um, but I, I think at times, as good as Dylan Samberg can be defensively and making smart plays, I, I don't think he's always been as physical as you'd want him to be, given his size. So, um, you know, I think it was a good game for Logan Stanley after missing, yeah, like you said, pretty, pretty much the whole season. He said, hey, it's been a tough year for him, and uh, yeah, he had a good game. Uh, hey, before we go, uh, yeah. I know we'll chop this up with Brandon. Uh, but, you know, we're just over a month away from the trade deadline right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly, I mean, if you're Kevin Sheveldayoff, what are your targets right now? What do you think makes the – I don't know you've been on the record that this is a time to take a big swing yeah. to really push the ships in the middle. Um, is it Taves? Is it a top-four defenseman? Um, is it a player that might bring even more scoring to the top six but might not be as versatile as a Taves? Interesting. And uh, where you would start if you're Kevin Sheveldayoff. Yes, so I'm not on the Taves bandwagon. I think it's more of this nice little dream to have the hometown guy. I, I'm curious of how much of distraction that would bring the team, given all the hoopla. Well, you don't think it would be a distraction to bring the hometown guy home and and all the the media attention and all that? I don't know. It, it, it's it's. I mean, the guy's thought. won three cups. He's won gold medals. I mean, you think the Winnipeg he's, media he, is going to overwhelm Jonathan Taves? I don't. I, I don't think. So. I don't think so. But I just I wonder what it does in the dressing room. That's all. Um, I, I'd be curious to know what the guys, everybody in that room, kind of thinks about you know bringing somebody of such you know stature into the team at that time. Don't get me wrong. I think Jonathan Taves can help this team. I think he brings, I mean, you. Adam Lowry's now your fourth-line center. Jonathan Davis is your third 
line center and and what does it do to the team but i think if you're going to get jonathan Thames, you still got to go out and get a top six forward right i mean i think what you're seeing uh, well maybe cole perfetti's changing minds right now on the top six with connor and dubois on that line so maybe that changes but but i mean if you could get a timo meyer you get a travis connect you know, if you could get a guy like that, some term left on their contracts. I mean, I know Meyer would be a sign and trade, most likely if that was the case. Um, but I think that's what you want. I mean, you want more firepower. Uh, and and on top of it, maybe you want Jonathan Taves. I mean, the asking price for Taves, given what you have to kind of, um, given you know, that you have to eat half of his salary, and it's a big salary. I mean, it's not much when once you prorate it at that time of the year. Um, but why not have both then? You know, get both. I mean, this is the thing. It, it's not going to be just one guy. I think at the trade deadline, it's probably going to be two or three even. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the third guy, probably a depth guy um, that would maybe, you know, push some other guys around on the fourth line or, or perhaps, uh, you know, a sixth defenseman that, that's been through the ringer before a, a few times um, that, that, that's done it in the playoffs. And that would, you know, maybe, because maybe Logan Stanley or, or Dylan Sandberg or Billy Hanel aren't the guys for a playoff run. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, I think it's a top six forward and then potentially Jonathan Taves, but I think, I think it's in that order. I think it's, 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 you want to bolster your top six and then look to, you know, maybe improve your spine down the middle. You could add to that list, uh, coming up next week, Scott, because we're going to have about 10 days of trade (laughs) deadline speculation on the show when the team doesn't play between the 30th and the 11th of February. Uh, Enjoy the games uh, over the next few days before the break. And thanks for doing this as always, buddy. Yeah. Anytime guys. Appreciate it. All right. There's Scott Billick of the uh, Winnipeg sun. We're going to continue talking jets with Brandon or in just a sec. Uh, Yeah. For those of you that are thinking about maybe upping that jets wardrobe as you get closer to the playoffs, Head on down to Royal Sports. was just on there a couple days ago. Man, they have just an incredible selection of uh, Jets gear. Uh, I did get the uh, new retro reverse jersey, although I'm unfortunate they pl- played most of those games earlier on in the season. We're not going to see it as much. Certainly seeing it a lot in the stands. Of course, you can get that at Royal. All your favorite Jets gear. Tons of Blue Bomber gear. NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, International Soccer. They have it all. The biggest and best hockey section in town. And don't forget, affordable casual skates if you're looking to pick it up or just want to spend a little bit of time on the river. It's all there at Royal Sports, Winnipeg's number one sports superstore. Family owned for 40 years. Pop down and see the guys, 750 Pembina Highway. Or check them out on Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Fellas, if you're looking to upgrade the wardrobe into 2023, you know where to go. F Apparel down at 190 Smith Street. Andrew and his great staff are ready for you. Can get you measured up, fitted up, and into a custom suit for starting at just four hundred bucks. Uh, also, amazing options when it comes to custom shirts, both dress shirts and casual, tucked and untucked, pants, chinos, golf pants, and more. They've got it all. And hey, if you're in a wedding party coming up this summer, before you guys go and rent tuxes, talk to the gang down at F Apparel. You can get the uh, entire wedding party outfitted and get a great price on everything, including a 15% discount when you get your wedding party suited up at F Apparel. And if you do have a 2023 grad in the family, get the young man ready for post-high school life with a new suit. And they got a great offer for that as well, a free shirt and tie for any 2023 grad that gets a new suit at F Apparel. Pop down and see him, 190 Smith Street downtown, 
or check them out online or make an appointment at F. That's EPHapparel.com. And a big shout out to the gang. We uh, got together with the fellows down at Boston Pizza Taylor yesterday. Uh, and by the way, it is past a Tuesday every day in the month of January. It happened to be Tuesday. Hungry Carnivore. Excellent. Uh, but you can get those great deals every day during the month of January right now. Uh, but it was a great crowd. A lot of people. Picking. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to really do much on the pick-a-player combo uh, contest because it was just the one goal. First minute of the game by Pierre-Luc Dubois. And then a lot of UC Soros saves the rest of the way. Uh, that being said, Boston Pizza, nowhere better to go with the gang to watch the Winnipeg Jets. Big screens, big sounds, big beers, great wings. They've got it all. And hey, if you're staying at home right now, especially as it gets cold, don't forget, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's see what Rookie has to say about the latest plight of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Brandon joins us now, the host of Skates and Plates. Make sure you're checking that out wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Winnipeg Sports Talk. Brandon, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. How's it going over there? Well, not too bad. I mean, you know, often the Jets will lose a game, and I will be angst-ridden. Um, uh, you know what? Last night's game, listen, I thought the second period got away on them a little bit, but um, listen, that was just one of those games, in my opinion, that was two incredible goaltenders going head-to-head. Connor Hallibuck made some brilliant saves. UC Saros did as well. A little fortunate at the end with all the iron the Winnipeg Jets were hitting. Um, and that was just one of those games that was going to be decided on a break here or there and one guy making one more save. And um, credit to UC Saros for getting it done. Also, a, we knew it would be a desperate Nashville team considering their predicament right now and where they sit in the Central and Western Conference standings. Yeah, and the end of a road trip, too. Like, yeah, that, that was a tough one. And I, I don't know if you feel the same way or if the listeners feel the same way, but are you almost like, let's just get to the All-Star break here? Like, let's just, like, there's, well, there's three I hope the team left, isn't right? like that. I hope the team isn't like that because those are three big chances to get points against teams below the playoff line at home. Uh, but I, I, I totally know what you're saying right now. And I have a feeling after two and a half weeks on the road and nine straight games in different cities, there is certainly the chance that the team is feeling that way as well. And I, if I was Rick Bonus, you know, despite how professional his team has been all year long, uh, I'm really going to be focusing in on making sure my guys are ready to go. Not that they haven't been all season long, but these are dangerous games. Playing Buffalo, who's playing very well. Yeah. Four in a row right now. Just did the job in St. Louis last night after getting two out of Dallas the night before. A Philly team that, you know, I'm sure is going to have something to say about the way that they lost last Sunday, going right back at them. Uh, and then that final game against St. Louis. And I expect St. Louis on Monday to be a desperate team, much like the way the Nashville Predators was last night. So I will say this. I think it's a bit of a dangerous spot in the schedule, despite where these teams are and, a lot of it has to do with just how good the Jets have been and what they've earned with that spot up, um, you know, up until now. But man, a few more wins before the playoffs, uh, before the break, would certainly make this team in a much better situation once you come back on the 11th for that late night game against the Hawks. Yeah, that, that, that's what it is to me. It's like just you got three left here. If you go two and one, that's amazing. If you go one, 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 honestly, I'm not even going to be upset. But I'm just like get get to the break, avoid a lengthy losing streak there. And I think this team's going to be just fine. I, I just, I feel like, I don't know how many other teams, I mean, I know Colorado's been 
dealt a pretty tough hand in terms of injuries and things like that. But when you take the injuries the Jets had, the schedule being really condensed through December and then in, in parts of January as well here, it, it feels a little to me like they're running on fumes right now. I'm, I'm not even overly critical of how they, they've played over this last little stretch. Like the five-game road trip thrown on top of all of it is – it's a bit of a tough one for the team to handle. And I don't even like using the schedule as an excuse either, but it's just a lot of things have come together in a perfect storm. And I, I think that explains some of these off nights we've seen from the Jets. So I think when you take into account, you have guys who have played every game, but are probably a little worn out right now. And then injured players that are coming back healthy, trying to get back into the swing of things. I, I think the Jets, they can just somehow keep it treading, up until the NHL All-Star break there, get back and ready to go against Chicago. I, I'm not going to be shocked if this team reels off, you know, seven wins in eight games when they come back from the break. I, I don't know how many teams in the NHL right now could use this as badly as Winnipeg does. No, I think you make a great point, but uh, there is still some work to be done. And uh, tomorrow we'll get to Buffalo in a minute. They're a fascinating team. Um but you mentioned some healthy players coming back into the lineup. Um, Logan Stanley, he's been snake bit this year, um, really has not played for the better part since late October. Um, activated yesterday afternoon, got in, made an impact right away with a huge hit and then dropping the gloves when someone stepped up to him. Um, what do you think about what did you think about his game last night, but also where Logan Stanley fits in under Rick Bonus, assuming that he, Dylan Sandberg, and the rest of the guys that played last night are healthy? Yeah, that was a that, that first shift was a I don't want to come out of the lineup shift, right? I'm like, back. <laughs> yeah, like I got I got to do something. I, I can't just go out there and you know rim the puck out on the glass and and hope I get another shift in uh in Buffalo and Philly coming up there. So I, that, that was awesome to see it. I I think you know I, I know Scott Billick mentioned Sandberg being more physical. I think the team wants both Sandberg and Stanley to be a little bit more physical. Um, but I, I thought he was fine. I, I thought he looked okay. Um. You know, it's it's a tough break for Dylan Sandberg, who, I mean, there was no reason to take him out of the lineup. He's been he's been really, really good all season long. You know, maybe the first week or so of the year, he was kind of trying to get into the swing of things. But since then, and, and, and analytically, he's been one of this team's steadiest performers on the back end there. So, I, you know, when, when you say where does Logan Stanley fit into all of this, you know, th- this team, I think, has shown that they have really good depth in terms of, a bunch of guys you know that can play very well in the third pair. You've got a top pairing right now that's that's performing extremely well for you. It's it's really the second pair that that to me is the the biggest concern with this team right now. Now I don't think Logan Stanley will ever factor into those plans. I think Dylan Sandberg could factor in to the plans in terms of trying to get a little more out of your second pair, just because he's he's killed it on the third pair. Like he's done everything that 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 has been asked out of him so far this season and i i do wonder if maybe he wouldn't do well with a little more added responsibility thrown onto his plate there but um i i think you know if we're looking at uh, maybe more of a macro approach here I, I think this team's got their seven or eight defensemen set in stone right now and i think it's best at this point to have Billy playing you know 25 minutes a night down there in the ahl and i think logan stanley with how well he played last night and, and really in his games earlier on in the year he too has some pretty good boxcar numbers as well under the hood. So listen, I, I we know that there's a lot of people out there that if uh, Stanley had the bad analytic numbers, which he had in the past, we heard about it a lot. Um, it's been crickets so far this season. And again, there's been very limited playing time, so I don't want to put too much into it. 
But the fact of the matter was, if that is where you're going to kind of determine the information, Stans had some good numbers. And, uh, man, he gets the puck on net, shoots the puck a lot, and did it again last night. I am wondering, though, and I think maybe this was a little bit of a tip to us last night. Like, I know you said, hey, why is Dylan Sandberg going out of the lineup? Well, it's to get Logan Stanley in the lineup very clearly. And if everyone is healthy, especially as you get going into the playoffs, assuming there's no additions on the blue line, I'm not sure that Logan Stanley isn't the number six guy, at least in the minds of the coaching staff right now. Obviously, things can change, but he'll... It, He's not going to be just sitting in the press box, I don't think. He'll have an opportunity to establish himself as well. And, you know, we've talked about the competition when guys come back on those depth spots in the forward group. It Even without Vili Hanel in the mix, I think it's going to be the exact same thing um, between Sandberg and Logan Stanley. And he'll be right back at it tomorrow, depending on who's in the lineup. Yeah, and I don't even necessarily mind all that much rotating. that That's, you know, 6-7 guy, if you want to call it that, throughout the... The next couple of weeks, I, I I don't really have a problem with that whatsoever. I guess if you're asking me, I'm I'm picking Sandberg over Stanley. I, I think his game is getting better and better, and I think there's still a little more that he can he can give to this team. But it's it's not the worst thing in the world either. If Logan Stanley's your your sixth defenseman, I mean, like I said, this team doesn't have to worry about their third pair, and I don't think they're going to have to worry about their first pair either. It's going to be that that three four group. You know, is it going to be the mix that we have here? Are the, are the guys in the organization right now that are going to be able to deliver value from there? Or is it going to have to be somebody from outside that comes in and, and helps to give this team a boost? That, I think, I don't think it's much of a surprise. I think it's what a lot of fans are talking about right now. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see if, if Chevy feels that way or if it's going to be, let's try to add a big piece up front and hope that depth on the back end is enough to get us through. Well, and, and of course, Neil Pionk is the guy that... Um... Uh, and offensively, I mean, he's had a really strong season. Um, you look at what he's done, the points, the goals. I mean, he has contributed in that way. But, you know, more so than maybe any other defenseman has had giveaway issues, had, had problems in his own end. Um, and there have been some real defensive lapses. And that's what gets exposed come playoff time right now. And I really do wonder, as much as they continue rolling him out there, do they look at his position playing big minutes and identify that as something that they would really like to improve, maybe at the expense of adding more to the forward group as you get closer to the deadline. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, for me, if I, if I could only make one ad, it, it would it would be to bring in another guy behind Josh Morrissey on the second pair. I think that's the biggest hole in this team right now. I think, look, the, the bottom six as it's currently constructed isn't going to put up earth-shattering numbers, but... I think they can do enough to kind of get the job done. And I think the top six has proven to be potent enough that they can carry the offense. And then you hope, you know, Helly shoulders a little more extra come playoff time. But I, I just, with what we've seen so far this season, I don't think you can go through four playoff rounds with the play that the Jets have gotten so far. And you're right. Like the offense isn't the problem. It's just, the off- I mean, Neil Pionk offensively has contributed, you know, in the, in the upper echelon of the NHL. Unfortunately, as we've seen in other positions in Winnipeg over the past few years, when you give up that much and more, you're a net negative, and it's it's not really helping the team push through here. So so that that to me should be the primary focus. I I don't know if it is. I I don't know. It's hard to get a read right now on what management is is thinking. All we've heard is the likelihood that a big swing is going to take place. All that that could mean a lot of things. So I'm I'm not I'm not sure which way they're leaning right now. But for me, I think the the answer is is a pretty simple one. 
And for, fortunately for the Jets, there's actually a few decent options for them out there right now. Um, and I, I think even more fortunately, none of them are rentals. Like the Jets can go out and make a splash and have a guy for another year well, or two. Let's years get after. into that. I mean, Chickren is the guy we hear all the time. He's 4.6 for two more years. You know the cost would be significant. I think a lot of people would be in for that. Who else, especially guys with term, might be of interest in your mind to the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, so I, I for me, the two guys are Chickren and Provorov. Um, those those are the two the, the two guys that make would make the most sense to me. Um, you know, I, I wonder with Provorov's decision yeah. Yeah, uh, last I, week or two weeks ago. I like me too. Some, it, it bothers a lot of people, as it should. It, but but some people might just kind of you know push it. So I, I don't know. I don't know what that whole thing does to everything. But if it didn't boost about, his trade value, I'll say that boost, there's a yeah. lot of teams <laughs> that are like, you know what, we're going to go in a different direction. We as an organization, that's not something. Regardless of how you feel about it, that's just not something yeah. we want to bring in. That is not something we want to be talking about. We haven't had any issues like that. We'll go elsewhere for a guy that might be able to help on the blue line. Yeah, I, and I get, I totally understand that. I don't know what it does, but I think if you're looking at just what they bring on the ice, those two make the most sense to me. And I, I've said before, Chikrin's the, the number one guy for me. I almost hesitate to say it because it's so crazy. I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm his biggest fan. But I'm not shutting the door on on Eric Carlson either if he becomes available, depending on what the ask is. Because, I mean, there's going to be a lot of money retained there. I I know right now the ask is astronomical, and I wouldn't be willing to pay something like that. But if you're talking about taking a run for, I don't know, two years, that's probably what Eric Carlson's got left in the tank right now. And he's he's playing like one of the best on the planet. I'm not going to shy away from the possibility of that happening. Um, I, I think it would be much easier and much palatable to to go after two younger guys with with less cap hit and and, and less term on the, on those contracts. But I think those three would provide a pretty a pretty massive boost in terms of what they're looking for on the back end. Carlson may be a, a teensy bit um, unrealistic compared to the other two, but um, yeah, I, I, I think those would be three names when you're talking about guys with term. That would be pretty good candidates for the Jets to go after. The funny thing is, I mean, the last couple of seasons, the thought of anyone being interested in getting Eric Carlson was almost laughable. Just he seemingly yeah. fell off so much from Ottawa. But man, is he resurged this season and and but eleven point five for four more years. He'll be thirty three years old, Brandon. I mean, you that that would definitely be a short term all in move yeah. that. Um, I mean, I don't know how much can San Jose realistically expect or how long can a, in a suitor expect San Jose to retain? I mean, four more years, even if like if you're taking half, you're still talking about almost six million bucks. Yep. Yep. It's it's pretty hefty. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pretty big gamble, pretty big risk. I'm scared money don't make money, though. So I I don't know. He. It's it's always been with Carlson, right? Is is how how healthy he is, and he had the ankle problem, you know, the past I guess two seasons specifically. But I don't know. He looks pretty damn healthy to me right now, and I know like there's just so much uncertainty too with this team in terms of, I guess, the triumvirate of of Shifley, Dubois, and and Hellebuck specifically with those three, what they're going to make, how long they could sign, will they even want to be here, all that. I don't know if this team is necessarily too concerned about 
years three and four on that contract right now. I don't know if if those if those other if those other guys become unavailable or they go to other destinations. I'm just not gonna shy away from the possibility. And I don't know. I, I to have Eric Carlson potentially being your second pair ace in the hole, a guy that can go out and attack like nobody's business. I I, I think that's a luxury I might be willing to part with a few couple assets to get that done. Yeah, not sure how realistic that is, but uh, hey, that's what sports talk is all about. Fun to think about yeah. all of the possibilities. Um, as far as up front goes, um, are you thinking you want a guy that can score more? Or, listen, Jonathan Taves is still able to score, but I think he comes in and checks off a number of different boxes, frankly, that are very important for the playoffs um, and might actually not cost as much. I mean, when you look at where the Jets are right now, what they've gotten from their bottom six, the talent that they've got right now in the top six, um, uh, if you're swinging for a forward, what kind of a player is and who's at the top of your list? Yeah, I'm going to take a look next week, like you mentioned, with the 10 days off at, at, at some of the candidates that the Jets could be going after. But for me... I, I think, and, and the reason too why I'd be more interested in putting up assets to get a defenseman and then going forward shopping after that is that I feel like you can get pretty good forward help for ch- relatively cheap. I mean, I don't think Nick Paul cost all that much from Ottawa last year, and he was he was dynamite for Tampa Bay in in, in their playoff run, right? Like, I think I think it's easier to go bargain shopping for forwards than it is for impact second pair defensemen. But to me, I think the dream. I guess stylistically candidate to go after would be like a Blake Coleman, Tyler Toffoli type. And, and maybe, you know, I mean, Toffoli's a a 30, 30 guy, essentially. Maybe that's a little bit too much out of the Jets price range, but Blake Coleman to me is kind of the, the, the perfect guy, somebody in and around that. I I don't know an an exact name or or player just yet. Talk to me next week and we can figure that out, but somebody like that, that's got, you know, a little bit of grit, a little bit of physicality, and then can play on either your second or third line. So he can and those either... those have been trades. Team. I mean, you mentioned Coleman because, of course, he was the guy that went in and won a cup. And then um, it was Hagel last year. And the Hagel trade was wild because, like, I remember seeing, I'm like, what? They just traded two first-round picks for Brandon Hagel? Well, then you dig in a little bit more. You see how old he is. You see that he was signed for a couple more years at $1.5 million. You realize that Tampa's going to be a really good team, and that pick's probably between 25 and 32, almost guaranteed. And then the price made a little bit more sense. But regardless of the cost, that sort of a player, especially for a team like Winnipeg, if you do have a little bit of team control and can count on the player for an extra season or two, at a number that makes sense, all of a sudden you're willing to pay maybe a bit bigger of a price to another team because it isn't just a rental and it fits within the cap structure of you know planning it out over the course of the next at least two seasons. Exactly. Yeah, that, that that's why the Coleman trade was was such a master job by uh by Breezeball over there in Tampa Bay because it's yeah, you get a rental and then some on top of that, but it was more so the one million and change in the cap hit. Or you can keep that, and that's almost worth its weight in gold with the rest of your roster there. So I, I think there's a few guys like that out there. But having said that too, I, if it's a rental, it's a rental. Like I'm, I'm not opposed to to giving up, you know, not a first round pick for somebody like that. But there, there's going to be a few forwards out there, especially with the number of teams that are either completely tanking or already out of the playoff race. There's going to be a ton of sellers this year, and I think the Jets. You know, if if they and and patience isn't uh, patience isn't something that Chevy is unaccustomed to, 
But if they can play this a little bit closer to the deadline, I think there's a guy or two that they'll they'll be able to go after and can fit somewhere inside that middle six. They just need, I think, one more solid piece to round out what they've got there on the top two lines right now. And I think up front, you'd be pretty happy with what the club has. What? Um, how much have you seen of Anthony Beauvillier in uh, in on the island with the New York Islanders? He's a guy that, to me, fits that second, third yeah. line role very well. He's got one more year on his deal at four point. What was it? I was looking at this earlier. Beauvillier's at you know four point one five, um, and we know that the Islanders are in a sort of a weird no man's land where they're close enough that they're still in it. But they're certainly not going to be in the in the Bedard mix. And there's been talk that Lou's going to make a big move. That being said, I'm not sure that this is a playoff team. Um, he's a guy that I've always thought that if the price was right, might be a guy that could come in and um, and be very similar to kind of what we've been talking about. That guy to come in and be a little versatile and be able to help you on a couple different ways in the forward group. Yeah, I, that'd be great. <laughs> Sign me up for that. He's... And it seems like they've kind of been dangling him for a little bit over a year now out there on the island. So I, I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. I, I guess to me, it would just be what's the ask going to be. Like I imagine Lou, you know, isn't going to give him away for pennies. It's going to be something like, hey, we want a first round pick for our former first round pick. For for me, that's completely out of the question. Um, but there, there was something you said there that just kind of I don't know why, but it jogged my memory. Um, you know, just because a team is in a similar spot to to the New York Islanders right now. And I, I wonder if the Blues and Jets might, you know, get back together and, and and talk about some some kind of a potential deal. I don't I don't think it would be an O'Reilly or a Tarasenko, but I'd be pretty intrigued at a guy like Ivan Barbashev, who's an upcoming UFA. He's having himself a damn good year with the Blues, too. I, I wonder what the cost would be on a guy like that, right? Like, especially if a bunch of the other contenders spent a bunch of their assets on on some guys that might be higher up on on trade boards and things like that. I think Barbashev might be a good sneaky under the radar type of addition, a guy that I think would play really well with with Adam Lowry on the third line there. But I I'm, I'm not going to be shocked. The Blues, you know, I'll, I'll give the Blues credit for this. They've always been pretty reasonable in terms of their legitimate expectations. Thinking back to the Stasny trade a few years ago, if they don't feel like they're going to go on a deep run, then it's time to ship out assets and and reload here. So I think St. Louis and Doug Armstrong are, are going to be pretty cognizant of the fact that this isn't a team that's going to make noise this year. And I mean, the big dogs are going to be the headliners for St. Louis, but Barbashev might be a sneaky good get. Well, Barbashev is a guy, I know Weaver's brought him up a number of times when we've been talking about potential trade targets. And this dates back to a couple months ago for the Winnipeg Jets. And I mean, now, you know, you might be getting, uh, you might be able to jump on and get, you know, a player like that. He's basically a half point a game, but he was 26 goals and 60 points last year. And you know that St. Louis will be more leaning on those numbers as opposed to what's happened this year when you're talking about an ass coming back the other way. Fair. That's fair. And then Chevy's going to point to this year's numbers and say, no, thanks. I'm good, man. So, yeah, I mean, there, I guess the good thing is up front, there's going to be a bunch of guys. Like, there's going to be a lot of players available. And the fortunate thing, too, for the Jets is the cap space that they've accrued, right? Like they, they can take, you know, Barbershev wouldn't be that, but they can take a big ticket and fit that into their roster and maybe, you know, keep some assets and avoid spending a first or one of their, their highly touted prospects here. So yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what the Jets feel like their biggest weakness is because it does feel like they're going to go 
and and push a bunch of their chips into the middle and go after a big fish. I think it's the back end. I don't know if they feel the same way, but yeah, it's it's going to be a fun fun as hell couple of weeks coming up. Hey, uh, before we go, are you are you an Eagles guy? Oh hell yeah, yeah yeah you are. Okay, I knew you were most of the other Philly teams. Um, quickly, uh, are they going to get it done? What's your confidence level in the NFC Championship game, and who you got at Arrowhead on Sunday? Uh, I'm about as confident as you could be going up against the Niners. Uh, yeah, like it's it's going to be tough. I I just. Anytime you get a California team going cross country and then playing in the cold, like I, I always wonder how they're going to adapt to that. I think I, I guess for me, I'll, I'll push my chips towards Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy. So I, I think I think it's tight, but I think the Eagles do enough to get it done. And I still don't know about Kansas City Cincy, man. Like Joe, Joe Cool is some mythical legend that I don't really want to bet against. Um, I'm, I'm still shocked. The line was, you know, what was it like five and a half, six for Cincy Buffalo last night. That was yeah. just such a disrespect. It was absurd. Line. Yeah, it was beyond absurd. I thought I'd be close. I didn't think Cincy would crush him, but like, come on. Um, I think I'm kind of leaning Cincy just, just a touch. So is I, don't know, I don't know how you're feeling about this, but like, I don't, I don't want any part of facing Joe Burrow. I don't want, if I'm a KC fan, I don't want to touch him. And if I'm a Philly fan, I don't want to see Joe Burrow. Revenge game. You want to win. You want to win. You got to go through everyone. They owe Joe Burrow one. They owe Joe Burrow a couple to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. And, uh, no better place to do it than Sunday afternoon or evening at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, we'll get to Mahomes and Andy Reid spoke later. We'll get you an update on that. Uh, but, Brandon, we'll let you go. Thanks for doing this. Uh, keep on doing a great job there on Skates and Plates. And we're going to talk. Are you a Catan player? Are you talking se- Settlers? Yeah. Okay, no I, I, no, I don't even know what that is really. No. Okay, okay. Well, we're going to find out about it because the Moose had a big tourney yesterday. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> Malat was in the crew. I thought you had mentioned before that you that was one of your uh, one of your go tos. So uh, well, you can stick around. You can learn about that. Yeah, Take I, it I easy, dude. <laughs> we'll talk. To you I got to learn about this. I'll, I'll I'll read up on it, and hopefully, we're talking. Uh, you know how to get to Arizona to watch uh, Eagles Chiefs in a couple of weeks. Uh, listen, right? book that. Book that. Um, take it easy. There's Brandon Rewicki again. Skates and plates wherever you get your favorite podcast. Yes, as I mentioned, we are going to catch up with Jeff Malat from the Manitoba Moose in just a second. Big, big weekend coming up for the Moose and the 60th birthday of the legend himself, Dancing Gabe, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, If you can get out to any game this year, I think Winnipeg fans, Sunday would be a great one to do it Um, and uh, give some warm wishes to a guy that has brightened so many people's experiences at games for well, years here in the peg. Uh, just before we do that, got to give a big thanks to our friends at Princess Auto. Things picking up in the curling world right now. Big shout out to Team Reed Carruthers and Team Jennifer Jones and the Princess Auto squads. Uh, of course, Princess Auto proud sponsors the Bombers and Gold Eyes as well. And the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new, is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. You can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. If you've got any water needs, pretty simple around these parts. Culligan Water, family-owned for over 65 years in the business, has everything to cover you and your family. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, just to start and citywide water delivery services, not to mention commercial and industrial water products and solutions. 
Pop down and see him at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. You can give him a call at 204-694-5180 or check out all their products and services online at drinkculligan.com. And a big cheers to our friends over at Canadian Club. Speaking of the upcoming bomber season, we'll get through this cold and look forward to getting back to IG Field. Of course, Canadian Club, the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and available throughout IG Field. And right now, until the end of the month, pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and get great savings on the Canadian Club 12-year reserve as well as the new Rifle Rye from our friends at Beam Sun Tory. Check out the displays right now at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And a big thanks to Canadian Club for their support of WST. All right, busy day yesterday for the Moose Boys, helping out in the community and then getting after it. It's some board games. Let's bring in WST fan favorite Jeff Malott to the program. Catch up on the Moose season and what's going on with the herd. Jeff, what's up, buddy? How are you? Great to have you back on the show. Hey, hey, thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. Doing well, thanks. Good stuff. Hey, uh, by the way, obviously, uh, for those of you on the podcast, you won't be able to see this, but uh, rocking the UFC hat. Uh, How's your bro doing these days? When's he getting back into the octagon? Doing real well. He's doing real well. He's back at home. He's he's got a fight coming up February 25th in Vegas. Uh, He likes the matchup. Uh, He's doing well. He's in great shape, so uh, we're ready to root for him. You know, that was uh, was such a memorable moment last year when uh, you and the guys watched him get that big win. I believe that was his UFC debut. Yeah. I mean, to win that way in your first chance in the biggest, um, you know, in the UFC, which is the the organization when it comes to mixed martial arts. I mean, now that we're a few months away, I mean, how big was that win for him career-wise? And what's that done to him, um, not only personally, but just from opportunity standpoint in the sport? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's been a lifelong goal of his. Obviously, since he started uh, MMA, probably you know, fifteen years ago, um, he's just worked so hard for it. And and I mean, he made the most of that opportunity for sure. He's a finisher. He doesn't like going past the first round. And uh, he went out there and took care of business. And yeah, we were all in Chicago. Uh, we had a game that night, and and we locked up a playoff spot and and got to watch the fight uh, replayed after it uh, without any spoilers. So pretty cool moment for all of us in the locker room getting to watch him uh, seal that deal uh how, how close are you guys in age he's five years older than me oh so ah, geez that would be a little but i was just gonna say whether he finished you a few times when you guys were going oh, at it but uh, five I, years could, that's that's past mom and dad wouldn't probably like him taking out his brother five years younger yeah, if I can take any credit for for the success he's had recently, it's that when when he was fifteen and I was ten, uh, I made a good speed bag. <laughs> Jeff Malotz with us from the Manitoba Moose. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what you guys did yesterday, both as a team and the community, in a minute. But uh, congratulations, another great season, leading the team with sixteen goals so far. And you know, man, you've had a lot of different faces through that dressing room throughout the year um, due to injuries and call-ups right now. But um, how, how would you assess the team's play overall, where you guys sit right now as you, uh, you know, approach uh, the month of February? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're a, long, a, a young locker room. Uh, yeah, we've had a lot of different faces in and out. But, I mean, that's kind of the deal with the American League is you got a lot of turnover and, and guys got to be ready to jump in whenever uh, – whenever they get the call and, and guys really have, everybody's been learning really quickly. Our young guys have been learning really quickly and, you know, we're starting to build a little bit of consistency right now. And we just had a great weekend against uh, first place in the central Texas. And, uh, you know, we're just looking to build off that. Well, and to build off it indeed. I mean, those two games, I mean, exactly what I'm sure you were hoping to do win tight games against good quality opposition. And 
uh, you know, and we know how difficult it is to sweep. I mean, whether you're at home or on the road, you're playing the same team, you're going back to back. Yeah. More often than not, you know, you'll have a good one and maybe it'll go back the other way. I mean, how big is it for the club to get that big boost of confidence going into a few days off, knowing that, I mean, not only can you play with, but also beat in back-to-back days a top team like the Stars? Yeah, yeah, there was a, a lot of focus on on D-Zone going into that weekend, and I think that's... Uh, you know, something we stepped up and took care of. Um, I mean, they're a, they're a high scoring team and they're some, they're a team that we'd uh, love to match up at some point with in the playoff that, uh, you know, we play the right way and, and, uh, you know, focus on that, that D zone first and expand out from there. You know, that gives us confidence going against other good teams like Toronto coming up this weekend, who's a high scoring offense, gives us confidence against a lot of teams. So really uh, it was a, it was a big challenge for us and it's something that hopefully we can again, continue to build on for the rest of the season. Well, speaking of building on, you're building on uh, that great season you had last year and have really sort of turned into the finisher and a go-to guy when it comes to scoring goals for the Manitoba Moose. Tell us about um, the first half-plus of the season from uh, your own perspective with your own game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, yeah, it's been a good good year um, production-wise, and I'm, and I'm just trying to build consistency. I'm just trying to, you know, really round out my game and, uh, and yeah, and, and, and help contribute on the scoreboard when... Uh, when I can and and we've had a lot of new guys step in um this season in general not just you know in the changing faces in the lineup you know on any given night but we've had a lot of new guys come in and establish themselves on on our team and have have a huge impact and and you know everybody's kind of benefited from that so yeah I think um this being my third year in the league I'm just trying to you know establish that consistency and and keep producing when I can you know, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, Alex Lamoche, who uh, has really made an impact. I mean, we had him on the show a month ago or so. Seems like a great character. Seems like he's fit in quite well. Um, and he's been a guy that has really brought some offense. And obviously, you uh, know him quite well from uh, playing with, whether it be on a regular line at times or as well on the power play. Uh, how important has he been? And um, how great of a teammate has he been to have in the room? He seems like a pretty fun guy that fits in well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's exactly one of those guys I'm talking about that that came in and, and adjusted really well, really quickly, and and has had a major impact for us. He's somebody who drives our offense, he drives our power play. He's been, you know, he's been uh, chipping in on the penalty kill as well. He's really a 200 foot guy for us, and and somebody that gives us a lot of confidence every night for sure. And yeah, like you said, he's such a great teammate. He's he's so easygoing. He's you know he's always making everybody feel valued he's he's it's funny to say but he's a great listener like when when you talk to him he really listens and and you know that goes a long way for for a lot of the young guys in our locker room so he's somebody that uh you know we've really benefited from having uh in the locker room this year and and somebody that is having a great season for us for sure too jeff a lot of the manitoba moose with us uh, here on winnipeg sports talk as I mentioned, the team is back at it on the weekend. Uh, what both back-to-back uh, afternoon games, I believe. Um, and, of course, it's a big day, the 29th Sunday. Or I guess it's Friday night, 7 o'clock is the, uh, is the early game. But Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m., big dancing game, 60th birthday. Going to be a big, big day down at the rink for uh, for the Manitoba Moose. Um Jeff, you guys are taking advantage of a few of the days off uh, this week, and um, yesterday was quite busy. Um, first off, uh, I mean, you guys have done such great work in the community, all sorts of different things, but uh, tell us about the trip to Salome Mission uh, with your teammates. Yeah, yeah, it was great to uh, to get out in the community and, you know, just just chat with people, just see where everybody's at and, and try and have to, 
you know, try and just, uh, get to know people. It was, uh, you know, it was a lot of guys first, uh, interaction with the community on that level, just because of previous years having, you know, the, the COVID influence and everything, but everybody was really excited to get out there and yeah, just, uh, interact with the community and, and get a feel for, for what, uh, what Winnipeg's like. And, and, and yeah, it was, it was, uh, awesome to have everybody there, uh, you know, chipping in and, and, uh, meeting people. Well, and you know what, helping out at a place like Solo Mission, I think it's great. I mean, no matter how old you are, I mean, being able to give back and helping out those in need. Um, but it also, I'm sure, from a professional standpoint, I mean, the season's long. You've got some real ups and downs, you know, just with wins and losses. Um, puts into perspective, I think, uh, you know, where all of you young men are at your careers and, um, you know, how lucky you are to be in the positions that you are right now, one step away from the best league in the world. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody is, everybody was happy to, happy to help out, happy to, to make that contribution. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we had a lot of guys doing a lot of different jobs and, and uh, it's such a great organization that they run over there. There's so many facets to it, doing the tour and and realizing the impact that, uh, that they have on the community was, was really eye-opening and amazing. So yeah, I mean, guys, it definitely won't be the last time that uh, guys chip in, whether whether it's individually or as a team. I, I can pretty much guarantee you guys will be back there to, to help out for sure. Well, and you know what? There's a great legacy of the Moose doing those things. I can remember back when I was working for the Moose and we would do it every year and the guys would always come and, you know, it was something that I think makes an impact on everyone on both sides. So it's uh, certainly a win-win situation and good for all of you guys to uh, get out and uh, make that a part of your day. And then later on, and Fink was telling about this, I was very interested to hear about this, 13 of the Manitoba Moose going head-to-head in what this is the Settlers of Catan tournament. Fill us, out, fill us in on what you guys did for folks that are unfamiliar with this game. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, Finker and our, our media team did, did an awesome job setting up this tournament, but basically, yeah, it's a board game. That's pretty popular on our team. Uh, we got a lot of guys that play, um, you know, everybody uh, came together and uh, at the uh, community room in uh, the building that a lot of us live in and uh, Finker and, and our media team basically set up for us to have a, uh, a knockout uh, Catan tournament. And so we had three boards and a wild card and uh or three boards the winner from each board made it to the final board and then a wild card made it in um basically the the guy who came up with uh the most points that didn't win didn't win his board game so it was a lot of fun uh, a lot of work went into it and and hopefully the footage from that uh, comes out uh, does some justice because it was a it was a really well run uh, night and it was a lot of fun too now, yeah, we won't ask for who won because I know the Moose are going to be putting out a little video of the whole thing, and I can't wait to see it. Um, tell us about the game. I have heard about this many times, but I wasn't familiar with it. And I, I don't know why I had this vision that it was one of these games that takes like eight hours to play. Um, <laughs> apparently not. I mean, what 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 is it, and why is it so popular with the fellows on the Moose? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it uh, COVID year is when I think it really picked up. We were all playing online. We were stuck in our hotel rooms and we were playing online against each other. And then as soon as uh, we were able to play on a board, guys just kept, you know, jumping in and getting interested, learning the game and everything. But basically, it's just a it's a strategy game where you kind of want to you want to conquer as much of the board as you can. You accumulate points in a dif- in a couple different ways, and first person to ten points uh, wins uh, wins the whole game. So. Um, I mean, yeah, not not too complicated, but we've we've slowly accumulated more and more guys, and obviously we're now up to uh, 
at least 13. We probably have a couple more that just couldn't make it last night, but uh, about 13 guys that are that are pretty serious about the game. And uh, we got some. There were some rankings that came out, and uh, they're pretty funny. Guys are taking them pretty personally, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it it was a lot of fun. We had some live lines. Guys were giving odds, like. Yeah, there's a bunch of food there. It's honestly just kind of an excuse to to hang out for the night and then also get some good content out of it. Well, listen, I mean, it seems like a great time and a great group of guys. Fink did say that there was 100 chicken fingers uh, there on the table. I mean, we won't talk about who won the tournament. Who won the eating contest? Who took down the most last night? Who was the Joey Chestnut of the Manitoba Moose last night? Yeah, it's the same guy every time. It's Nick Jones. Nick Jones can eat. He can eat his body weight in anything. You like... He can eat as many sweet potatoes as you'll put in front of him. The guy does not stop. He's uh, he's a machine. But yeah, a lot of a lot of great chicken tenders. There's a bunch of bunch of food that they hooked up for us. So to, yeah, again, it was just it was an awesome night. Like it's just uh, just an excuse for everyone to get together and kind of kill some time and and yeah, put a little piece together for the moose. Just making a note here on my draft board, Nick Jones for the uh, pierogi yeah. eating contest in the summer. Yeah. We'll see whether we might be able to get him to come in for that. Smart pick. Um, you Mark know, uh, Jeff. I mean, just looking at the uh, at the pictures of the event last night, we saw Dominic Toninato there with the big smile on his face. Jansen Harkins. Um, you know, in the American Hockey League, you know, guys are at different stages, and both of these guys have played quite a bit in the National Hockey League, and it's not always easy um, to move down the hall or going to the American uh, League affiliate. Both of them have played very well. How have they fit in, and what does that say when guys like that come down and um, contribute the way they have after spending quite a bit of time in the NHL? What does that do for the room and the other guys around the team? Yeah, they provide so much for our locker room. I mean, just in terms of experience, in terms of professionalism, like those are guys that that take care of everything they need to take care of at the rink and away from the rink. They're, again, especially with how young our team is, they're constantly showing guys how to play the right way. I mean, they're obviously both 200-foot forwards that that can score, that can shut down. They play every scenario for us. And and they've been a huge, uh, they've been a huge boost in our locker room, and it's and it's so much cooler when when guys like that that have that experience in the NHL come down and 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 are happy to be integrated with with our team and our locker room, and they're involved in in stuff that we're doing away from the rink, and they're always they're always in the mix, and they're always grabbing dinner, and they're they're just involved. Like they they make everybody feel comfortable, they make everybody feel confident, and and they're a huge part of our locker room. Hey, you know, two other players that aren't with the club right now, but I'm interested in just, um, you know, how it went. Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius, two top young picks, very young players, usually younger than normally come into the uh, the American Hockey League. Both then went to the World Juniors and are playing junior hockey for the remainder of the season. But um, what was it like having those young men uh, along with the club for a while? And uh, what did you think about um, uh, the way they held their own during uh, limited time in the A? Yeah, those guys are hilarious. Like they're always making the locker room laugh. They're they're so outrageous, and they half the time they don't even know it, half the time they do. But they're they're great. They're hardworking kids. They want to learn. They want to develop. And they they came up and they they played in a in a tough tough league. And and yeah, really held their own. They got better every single game. They learned a crazy amount. I can't imagine me at eight nineteen years old being thrown into this league. I, I would have gotten eaten alive. And every night they're they're contributing on the power play they're they're learning they're constantly developing and and that's something that's probably gonna you know be a huge jump for or a huge jump in their development you know at that young age and 
and, you know, seeing them go and have success at world juniors, Chaz getting a hat trick in that final game, that game winning game winning goal in the, in the bronze medal game. I mean, we were all so pumped up and guys are firing in, in our team group chat, like going nuts for these guys. Cause, cause you know, they handled it so well. It, it would be so hard to, at that age to be thrown into this league, you go live alone and, and you, you, you have to grow up quick. And for those guys, they handled it so well. And, and, I hope it's nothing but just a huge jump in their development in their careers. Oh, that was great. I'm glad I asked you about that because, I mean, uh, listen, they were exciting young prospects for the club. and um, But I think anyone that knows how good the American Hockey League is, uh, you don't just show up and completely take over that league. And um, yeah. it was great to see what they did. And obviously, hopefully, they'll have the great second half of the season maybe really being able to dominate a junior hockey and then be back to the pros next year. Jeff Malotz with us. Jeff, you know, we had a great chat with uh, the all-star rep, uh, De- Declan Chisholm, a uh, couple weeks back. We know a lot of the players forward, but the uh, the net has turned over this year. Just before we go, tell us about uh, Oscari Salmanen and Arvid Holm, the two, uh, their battery mates back in the, uh, in the net for the Moose and now how they've contributed to the success so far this season. Yeah. Yeah. They've been great for us. I mean, Arvid's obviously made, uh, made a huge jump this year, taking on much more of a load and Oscar has been great for us as well. I mean, he got shot out the other night. Like he's, he's, uh, you know, been, he's stolen a, a handful of games as well for us and, and they're great. They're great friends and they're, they're often to have in our locker room too. And, and they're, again, they're two guys that are always working hard to develop too. They're always out there after practice. They're out there late. They're out there, you know, taking whatever shots guys want to put on. And I saw Ascari take after practice today, there was a line of 10 guys taking breakaways on him for like 15 minutes straight, like just nonstop breakaways. They both love to be on the ice. And they both love to to get better. And, and it's awesome when you have a tandem of goalies like that, that are just hungry and, and developing and, and helping you win games. Oh, that is awesome. I take it Coach Morrison's in a good mood after uh, the weekend against the Texas Stars? I think so, yeah. Yeah, there's always stuff to, to be worked on, and, and there's, uh, you know, yeah, like I said, stuff to be worked on, but there's also great takeaways from that weekend, too. We really, I think uh, he was the one that challenged us with having a solid defensive weekend, and I think um, this was, you know, there's a lot of good learning clips and, uh, you know, good example clips that come from a weekend like that where you do, uh, you know, help kind of silence and and offense that that really can take over over weekends like that so yeah it was a big step and uh, i think he was was happy with the weekend hey speaking of coaching i just have to ask you before we go uh how uh how you've enjoyed uh our pal bomber joining the uh joining the staff nolan baumgartner of course was a great player for the moose um and is now part of the coaching staff yeah bombs is awesome like he's somebody who totally understands what it's like to to be on our side and totally uh you know knows how to handle a ton of different players. He's, he's always smiling and he's, and, and he's, he's got a good, good read on our locker room. And, uh, you know, the, he's been running our power play and our power play has been clicking, you know, he take he, he handles those forwards and yeah, bombs has been awesome this year. Like he's, he's part of a staff that, that really cares. He's, you know, he's always putting in the time, like, he's always putting in the time at the rink and he's extremely approachable. So he's somebody that really contributes to a staff that, uh, that has an awesome read on our locker room and, you know, really helps develop our players. No, no, it is great to have him back here and obviously wishing you guys uh, all as a team, uh, much success going forward. I'm Jeff. 
Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, always great to catch up with you. Good luck this weekend. Get Gabe a win on uh, Sunday afternoon for Big 60. And uh, let's do this again later on as we get closer to the American Hockey League Calder Cup playoffs. Okay, wicked. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We'll do our best this weekend. Thanks, Jeff. All the best. There he is, Jeff Balot of the Manitoba Moose. And again, folks, um, weekend games, Friday night, 7 p.m., and this busy weekend for hockey. I mean, we got the Jets and Sabres on Thursday, Moose and Marley's on Friday, Jets and Flyers on Saturday night, and then the big day for Dancing Gabe, Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m., Moose and Toronto Marley's. And then one more game for the Jets against the St. Louis Blues on Monday. Uh, and then the Moose are going to hit the road as well for, uh, geez, a pretty long road trip for the next two weeks. So um, last chance to see the Moose for a couple weeks. And, of course, big, big weekend coming up. All right, we're going to hear from Connor Hellebuck, who was on the 32 Thoughts podcast with Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick. Remus has that ready for us. Um, just before we do that, got to give a big thanks to our friends at the Nick and Nicky DQ Group for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. You know them well. Four locations, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ St. Anne's. The best and most delicious ice cream treats around. Incredible food options, including my personal favorite, the Bacon Two Cheese Stack Burger. And, of course, if you've got a party or an event coming up or you'd like a DQ ice cream or blizzard cake, they've got you covered there as well. And you can get it custom ordered by hitting them up on Instagram if you'd like, at DQ Manitoba. Let them know what you're looking for. They'll get it cooked up for you and ready for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. Uh, and a tough one last night. Sometimes you just got to wash it down with one of Winnipeg's favorite favorite local beers, and of course, that's Little Brown Jug. Uh, but have you tried the new Good Times Variety Pack, folks, from Little Brown Jug? It contains four all-new beers with a stout, rye extra special bitter, Kolsch, and West Coast IPA. You can find the newest Good Times Variety Pack at Little Brown Jug, Liquor Marts, or anywhere that sells good beer. And don't forget about Bright Water as well, Winnipeg's only local sparkling water made with high-quality, all-natural extracts and filtered dechlorinated water. Bright Water is zero-proof, zero-sweetener, zero-calorie, so you can consume consciously. Order from littlebrownjug.ca or bright, B-R-I-T-E hyphen water.com. All right, let's get Remus back in here and... Uh, Remo, fun chat with Jeff Mallott. Man, he's a uh, um, a favorite of many WSTers for obvious reasons, having a great season, 16 goals, leading the moose when it comes to lighting the red lamp, and one of the most well-spoken young men I think we've uh, seen come through here in a while. Yeah, well-spoken. Well, uh, looking at his hockey DB, it says he went to Cornell. I think we've discussed that on one of his uh, previous appearances, but great talking with Jeff, getting insight on some of the team bonding the season so far, and... And we had Nolan Baumgartner on earlier this year. Remember his, con you know, his playing for the uh, Moose 1.0. But pretty cool to hear him say how you know what, um, it's great having a guy who's you know kind of been through what they're going through with the Moose in Winnipeg. Um, you know, trying to get to that next level. So great talking with Jeff, and love seeing that he's repping the uh, UFC hat. Um, you know, for his brother, who's a mixed martial arts fighter. Pretty crazy. Ooh, great idea from Jay Miller mm. in the chat. Give Gabe 60 marbles on Friday. 
Well, we probably we should probably present him with a hoodie anyways. He doesn't need to I, win a win a race. I, I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. We will actually do that for Gabe. Um uh, for Gabe Ford and Doug Phil, U of M better than Cornell. Well, as a U of M grad, I I'll run with you on that, although some people may some people may dispute that. Um, but Remo, tell us about uh, Connor Hellebuck. I have not heard this yet, but uh, he jumped on 32 thoughts. Yeah, um, I'm just grabbing. I missed one of the clips. I'm just grabbing them. But he went on to talk about, one, his book, because it's uh, Corporate Mental Health Awareness Day today, Hustler. <laughs> Corporate Mental National. Health but, uh, Awareness Day. <laughs> and while you, know, you don't have to use the hashtag, I do think a lot of important conversations are being had. And I think Jeff and... Elliot wanted to have a talk with Hellbuck about the book that he came out um, with Project 11. It's about, uh, I guess, about, you know, having, keeping your mental health uh, positive. So I think he had a personal story in there and a story for kids to relate to. But then they also, you know, you talk about that. And um, then they got into some other stuff like, uh, you know, how do you not talk about the season uh, the Jets are having this year? Has They got into that and uh, other topics. He mentioned talking about fishing. Uh, with Dustin Bufflin, which was a highlight too. So I thought it was a great podcast. And I just grabbed a couple clips uh, of him just talking about this season because it's nice to hear from the players uh, how they feel about what's what we've been watching too. Uh, yeah, and we'll get to that right away. And, you know, I know we've mentioned this before on the show, uh, but yeah, Connor Hellebach, along with the Jets, have put together a kid's book um, which deals with... Um, you know, mental health challenges, and I think trying to get kids to be cognizant to the fact that if they're having a tough time, if they're struggling with things, there's people around to help them. And, uh, of course, the book went on sale for $11.37. Of course, 11 for Rick Rippon and 37 for Connor Hellebuck, and it has been uh, been very, very well received. Um, so let's uh, let's hear a little bit of Connor. Which is the, uh, which is the first one we're going to hear, dude? Okay, here, let me get, I got all these ready here. Um, the first clip I had, so they asked him, um, Connor, what were your expectations for the Winnipeg Jets uh, heading into this year? Get all this ready. Uh, is it, so what are your expectations for this year? Or expectations. Last year we came in with some expectations. We made some moves. And it killed us. And I'm at the point in my career I have learned that expectations are not good. So I come in with no expectations. My only thought is I'm going to come in and try to be the best I can possibly be and steal every game. Crazy unrealistic, but if I go in like that, I'll achieve some part of that. Yeah, we came in with a bunch of expectations and then things just weren't going well and it just crumbled us. Where this year, we were crumbled and we came in ready to prove ourselves, ready to fight. And um, and the new coaching staff, we were all so ready to buy in. And I think everything has just been a, a perfect storm coming together. Wow, that's a really, really neat comment from uh, from Hellebuck. And, and Helly, I mean, more than anyone, he's a goalie. Um, he, uh, he's my favorite guy to listen to because he doesn't really couch his thoughts. I think there's a lot of truth serum in everything that he says. And... Um, Certainly, he sets the bar very high for himself and goes out expecting to win. And he just said, steal every game, which isn't realistic. But 
clearly, Remo, what really stands out about that was the fact that they didn't come in. It wasn't about expectations. It was about proving themselves. And that comment about how everyone was so ready to buy in, um, I think speaks volumes about the job that the coaching staff has done, but also the way the team and the players approach this season coming off the disappointment of last year. Yeah, sometimes I, you know, I think about having to fail before you succeed, and I, like, I almost wonder, like, if the Jets didn't, you know, fail so hard last year, um, and you know, come below expectations, would they be able to have this season? Would they get uh, the buy-in this year? And oh, you know, would hearing, Rick Bonus even be here as the head coach? Yeah, and like hearing Hellebuck talk, you, you just think they had that mindset coming in, then um, they were ready, maybe more ready this year. Um, than last year, and they did ask Hellebuck like when he noticed that uh, you know maybe things would be different this year, despite having pretty much the exact same team. And uh, this is what he answered: You know, day one, right when I showed up, you could tell everyone was happy to be there, excited about this year, um, ready to fight, and ready to prove that what we did last year was wrong, that it was just a fluke or an off year. And you could get the feel around the locker room, everyone. Had a little chip on the shoulder for it. Chip on the shoulder, indeed. And um, they've been proving it um, right from day one. And I, I don't know. We'll never know, Reem, uh, as to how important all the conversations that Bonus had individually with the players was over the course of the offseason. Or maybe the fact that right before training camp officially opened up, there was the removal of the C from Blake Wheeler, Rick Bonus, and Blake talking about that and just making it very, very clear that there was a new way of doing things, a new sheriff in town, um, and the team bought into it. Regardless of ooh, the fact that we'll never know that, it was very clear that right out of the gate, this coaching staff had the attention of these players. And from Connor Hellebuck's perspective, every guy was ready to do what they had to do to avoid the disappointment of what happened last season. Yeah, he, and he does give a lot of credit to the coaching staff in this next clip, Huss. Um, they, they asked him, you know, did you think the team would look different after last season? We all remember press conferences. Who didn't? Throughout <laughs> the summer. I mean, we certainly remember having some of our uh, most viewed shows in the summer. But here's uh, Hellebuck's response to when he was asked about if he thought there was going to be big changes coming after the disappointment of last season. I told us to our GM, I, I think sometimes when you do make some moves, it takes a little bit of time to adjust. Um, you see that around the league, sometimes that does happen. Mm -hmm. And I could see it with our team because we, we knew we had talent. We all knew. We talked about it all year. We have the talent. Um, mm -hmm. we, we were just missing a piece. And I think the new coaching staff helped bring that together. And, and now we all wanted to play a certain way. And I think the new coaching staff is holding us to the level that we want to play at. What was the piece? Was it the coach, or do you think it was something else? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be. I, I love our new coach. He's he, he's really – he protects his goal as well. Um, he cares about us a lot. He knows that we go through a lot of stress. But not only that, he holds us accountable to the way we want to be held accountable. And that's the big part about our why our room's so good, is we really want to be held accountable. And he does. And he puts in a system that we all were already ready to play. We all wanted to play and buy into. And and that's why I said, I think it's kind of a perfect storm. Cause he comes in and, and brings the message that we want to hear. And now we're all on board and ready to do that. Man, another great qu quote uh, and soundbite from Connor Hellebuck uh, speaking about Rick bonus and 
you know, it's interesting, Reem, you know, we've heard a lot of guys, you know, you know, being asked about Rick and uh, the coaching staff and, you know, whether it's after, you know, in scrums. But when you get that sort of an interview where you've got a little bit more time, you can dig in a little bit deeper um, into a player like Connor Hellebuck and hear exactly what the difference that he's made to Hellebuck on a personal level and dealing with the goalies, I think it speaks volumes about why... Um, I still think the job that Rick Bonus has done with this hockey club is right up at the top of the National Hockey League in uh, the fraternity of coaching performances this season. Yeah, some 32 Thoughts podcast came out today uh, on your podcast feed. They sat down with Hellbuck last week right before the Maple Leafs uh, game. They seem to do that when a team comes into Toronto the day before, like, hey, come in and do the sit down. So I would write, it was pretty long. We're only playing like two minutes here. But, yeah, it was great to hear him uh, give credit to the coaching staff. And you talk about accountability, and that's a used we, a word we used all summer. Us and uh, Elliot did ask uh, Hellbeck, how does Rick Bonus and Wade Flaherty hold him accountable? Here is that answer. Well, goalie's different because I have my goalie coach. And I was wondering, does, he, does Wade do it or does Rick do he, it? Wade, Wade does. Okay. And what I like about Rick is his open line conversation always. And... He'll always tell me, like, I like the way you battled tonight or tomorrow's going to be a better one. And then he kind of leaves the goalie stuff to flats, to Wade. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, at this point, we know how how much we care about our game and how much we analyze and, and when to stop overanalyzing and when to work. And so we have a really good system down, and we know how to bring my A game. And at that point, you just don't want to get in the way. Well, there's been a lot of Hellebuck A-game this year. It was an A-game last night for Hellebuck. Probably deserved maybe a little bit better of a fate considering the way that he played. There was a pretty damn good goaltender on the other side that was doing his thing in UC Soros. And the Jets, of course, returned uh, down 2-1 and 2-3 and on the homestand. Uh, again, those are clips from today's 32 Thoughts featuring Connor Hellebuck. Highly recommend you go check out the entire thing. Uh, all right, let's get to these cool bet lines before the end of the program. Not a really busy night in the National Hockey League, but we do have five games. Islanders sends the uh, sends minus 128 favorites at home. The Leafs and Rangers, this will be an interesting matchup. Leafs minus 158 at home. Rangers plus 134. Uh, Hurricanes in Dallas. Uh, everyone Going for Rod the Bod Squad here in the WST chat tonight. Would be nice to see the Stars take an L at home. Hurricanes minus 112. Dallas minus 105. Oilers huge favorites at home against the Blue Jackets. Minus 380 for Edmonton. And the Seattle Kraken hosting the Vancouver Canucks. We'll get to the Canucks in a minute. Kraken minus 182 favorites. Canucks plus 154. And now we go over to... The NFL section, no movement in the San Francisco-Philly game. Philly still two-and-a-half-point favorites in the NFC Championship game. That's going to get going at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And then 5.30, Arrowhead Stadium, Chiefs. This number has changed, Remo. Yesterday was a bit of a roller coaster. If you were waiting, we were saying, what's the best number we're going to see the Chiefs at? Well, it looked like it was plus 113 for a little bit this afternoon. Came back down to plus 104, was two and a half, then it was two. The Bengals now one-point favorites in Arrowhead on Sunday afternoon, minus 111 on the money line, Chiefs plus one, 
and minus 105 on the money line. And a big reason for that is growing confidence that Patrick Mahomes won't be as limited as maybe some feared after the injury last week. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. It does remind me a lot, Huss, about uh, what happened with Zach Kolaris with his injury. Um, you know, ankle coming in, affecting your mobility. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But you know, he's a gamer, and he looked solid uh, when he came back in. And now with a week to heal, uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'd be more concerned, Huss, about Bengals' record against the Chiefs because it's been pretty good, especially even in. None Arrowhead. of that matters. None of that matters. Yeah. It's all about Sunday afternoon. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, you know the funny thing is, and I will say this, and I, everyone knows I'm a big Chiefs fan. The Chiefs talked a lot of smack last year going into the AFC Championship game, and I think showed a little bit of immaturity in that I kind of think they felt that they were going to be coronated and move on to the Super Bowl again, and I don't think they gave the Bengals the respect maybe that they deserved. Well, the shoe is completely on the other foot right now. Some of the Bengals have been talking so much smack. This Eli Apple, I mean, I'd like to get a prop over a cool bet as to Eli Apple getting burned on a couple touchdowns because for a guy that is such a borderline NFL starter, he talks as if he's Tom Brady. And um, the smack has been heavy and it's all been coming one way. And even Bills fans now I see online are going, I can't believe I'm saying this, but go Chiefs. So a very different, uh, very different narratives going into this game in Arrowhead on the weekend, considering what happened last year. And of course, their loss earlier this season. Um, bottom line is right now, we're this is going to end up very close to a pick em. One point on either side, very close on the money line. And, uh, and I can't wait for it. Um, get over to CoolBet. Use the promo code WST if you haven't played there before for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. And as I said, right now, sitting there. One other interesting bet, actually, Remo, they've got is the conference championship road teams versus the conference championship home teams. So essentially a combined bet for the Niners and Bengals versus the Eagles and the Chiefs. And uh, the line is very basically mirrors the line in the Niners-Eagles game, which basically tells us this, this Bengals-Chiefs game is, for all intents and purposes, a pick em right now. It's all there. They've actually got some neat conference championship specials as well. Highest scoring team, lowest scoring team. And I think we'll probably see... Um, you know, some quarterback odds as well going forward. Um, Super Bowl winner, though, we did say that this has moved a little bit. Um, the Chiefs and Eagles started off the week at plus 250 each, and the Bengals were plus 300. Well, the Eagles have gone down to plus 240. Niners have gone up a little bit to plus 340, and the Chiefs and Bengals have met in the middle, both plus 275. What a matchup and what a day we've got coming up on Sunday afternoon for the championship games. Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned Eli Apple talking smack. Like he's at the bottom of the PFF quarterback ranking. He's the worst. Yeah, I don't know why he's talking anything. But, uh, oh, oh well. Uh, We are looking forward to the games. And people are saying, I know I keep pointing out that the Bengals have beat the Chiefs. I think it's Donnie Boy in chat says, you know, it doesn't matter what they did before. It matters what you do in the next one. I was like, yeah, I know. But I like to point out. I've been I've been enjoying pointing out what the Chiefs 
losing last year and people forgetting that the Bengals are AF defending AFC champions. Oh, the Bengals are letting everybody know. There's no doubt about that. And uh, this is one of the great quarterback matchups. We, we've had these before. I mean, I remember we talked about the Brady-Mahomes game back in 2019. Um, you know, the first AFC championship game I ever got to, which was a real thrill without my team in it, Brady versus Manning in Denver a few years back. Uh, but this is going to be awesome. Doesn't look like it's going to be particularly warm at Arrowhead on Sunday. And of course, it is the night game as well, starting at 530. Um, for those of you that don't already follow me on social media at Hustlerama on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be firing out a bunch of content from the uh, from the, the parking lot, I'm sure, and the game, as long as my phone doesn't freeze out there. I cannot wait for it. Tough to concentrate on anything else. But we will lot be locked in tomorrow on the return of the Jets and the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow, Remo. I got to say, I'm excited about this game. I'm excited to see Buffalo in person, see Tage Thompson, and hopefully see a Jets team that can uh, get it up for these final three games at home before an extended break that they don't see very often that I'm sure everyone is looking forward to after this uh, real tough stretch over not just this past couple of weeks, but the past two months. Yeah, Buffalo's coming in on a bit of a heater, uh, winning over the Blues yesterday 5-3. And, I mean, the Blues lost, I think they lost to Chicago on the weekend. They lost to Buffalo yesterday. It's a tough go. Making Doug Armstrong's a little uh, job a little easier I going into so. the deadline? Huh? Yeah, well, I said yesterday, I'm like, if they're – you know, not that you know close, but it seems like they're not going to win the cup. I mean, he's going to sell, but the Sabers coming in, uh, what they won against Dallas. What is it? They won against Dallas on Monday. Anyway, they went swept their back to back. They won against Anaheim. Everyone's winning Anaheim on Saturday. Overtime win against Islanders. Man, they're on a bit. They're overtime loss. I mean, the last five they got points in all of them. Only game is OT loss to Chicago. So four game win streak. Kind of since the Jets. Uh, beat them, they've gone on a bit of a heater here. So uh, here, I'll, I can bring up their schedule. Yeah, they're 5 and 2 in their last seven. I mean, they lost to the Hawks, which wasn't good. They lost in, in Florida. Um, but this road trip so far, good. Wins in, wins in Dallas, wins in uh, St. Louis, and they'll look to continue rolling in the Central Division as they come to Winnipeg tomorrow. So that will certainly be. Uh, our main focus tomorrow. I know Marat usually joins us on Wednesdays. Marat will join us on tomorrow's show. Um, and we'll also probably talk a little bit more. I'm going to have to reach out to our pal Joe Yurden in Buffalo to talk a little bit more about the about the Sabres. Um, probably get an NFL segment as well. And we've talked a little bit about the end, but maybe something to set up these big games on the weekend. Um, that being said, great show today. Thanks to everyone that was uh, jumping on with us. Great stuff by Remus to get those Connor Hellebuck clips. Really enjoyed yeah. it. And thanks to Jeff Malott, as well as Brandon Rewicki and Scott Billick. Um, anything else you want to touch on, Reem, yeah. before we before two, we shut her down? Yeah, two more things. We'll get to the, you know what, tomorrow we'll fit in time to go over these all-star skills events, the new ones. But yes, was Rick, Rick Toggett's debut yesterday. I mean, great move by uh, the Canucks to fire Bruce Boudreaux before you play Chicago. Uh, the coaching staff did get booed, someone threw a jersey on the ice, but the team won. What a great and, welcome. Can you imagine being yeah. hired? And walking into that and getting booed the first game you're coaching in a new market? I mean, what a mess. Yeah, and Rick Toggett had a sense of humor after joking. They must know my um, middle name is Lou. And they were saying Lou. <laughs> so 
Uh, he's kind of taking it. I think they're booing ownership. They're not booing yeah. Rick Tockett. He's just a guy who's there. Um, the one thing I did really want to mention, Gary Bettman met the media. We're always interested to see here what he has to say. And I mean, first, it was the last time he said, oh, the board ads, um, everyone loves them. They're working so yep. well, blah, blah, blah. And then yesterday he came out of Montreal and said, uh, nobody is tanking. And I mean, you look, you look at Anaheim. Did he have Chicago, a straight face when he said that? And like, does he think we're stupid? Does he think we're idiots? Like, it's so insulting for him to say that. I mean, at least acknowledge maybe there's an issue or acknowledge that it's a unique year. Don't act like the people who consume your product are total morons. So that's, that's how I No feel. idea what you're talking about. Well, tanking. What it is reminds this? me of, um, you know, when a former press secretary was talking about like crowd size at a function and you, <laughs> you think we're stupid. Like what's going on here? Hey, so, he's just using some alternative facts. You cut out for me. So I actually missed. I out. said he is just, you know, these are alternative facts. Yeah. Alternative facts. Which was exactly. one of my, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite line from that's good. The, the entire Trump era, the alternative so, facts and uh, yeah. Bettman, a few alternative facts yeah, as well. He's, okay. When There's you put it like that this year, look around the league. When you put it like that, it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense. So um, I think it's just, uh, you know, you spend a lot of time talking about the league and following it and enjoying it and consuming it. And he just treats the people who consume it like total idiots. And then Isha Boy Bruce says, there is tanking. You do the math. <laughs> do the math. Oh, God. Do the math and not feasible are comp not feasible in this country are now completely <laughs> part of my go-to sayings right now. Thanks to the two leaders, uh, the two leaders of Pop Guy. Um, Seabear's schedule is out. Going to play for a couple months in the summer. We'll do something on that. I'm sure in the next couple of weeks, let you know about uh, the newest team on the Winnipeg sports scene. And um, Ellen Remo, we should mention very quickly, Scott Rowland announced to the Hall of Fame. I wasn't sure whether any, anyone was getting in this year, but at least somebody got the call. To yeah, the at least someone got in. And Scott Rowland is deserving. Defensive um, wizard with the glove. I think he had eight cold gloves. He's pretty consistent for the bat. 17 years. You know, there wasn't a lot of third baseman in, and he's among the best. But I think the Baseball Hall of Fame... You know, it was just so, I think people like don't really care as much about it because they didn't let in, you know, it doesn't have Bonds, Clemens, doesn't have those guys. And you can't really take it seriously when they go in the Veterans Committee, lets in Harold Baines, who's not even close to a Hall of Famer after, you know, after what, the 10 years the Veterans Committee can just put in whoever they want. So I think those guys will to... get in as part of the Veterans Committee at Who? some point. Well, all the guys that are out, like, Bonds, Clemens. Yeah, McGuire. Yeah, I mean, I think those guys will end up. They might put them all in together in a special section of the hall, but at some point, those guys are going to be in. Yeah, I have to have to think. Sammy Sosa, like, they just never came out and with any guide, official guidelines, and they just, like, left it up to the writers, and there's so many of them, so... I don't know. I think people are just confused because they didn't... They, there was that year where nobody got in. Like, that's not fun. And yeah. so they, it's just Here's one our guy big talk. announcement. Nobody is going in. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Todd Helton was pretty close. I think he might get in next year. There's some other names. Uh, names coming up next year. I know Adrian Beltre was one of them who's for, probably for sure. Probably Don't for touch sure. his head. Yeah, just don't touch his head. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens with the Hall of Fame. But I think, you know, I texted like my brother, my guy, Roland God. He's like, yeah, the Hall of Fame is a joke. Like he doesn't, didn't care much. 
Hey, uh, before you go, folks, if you don't mind, hit that thumbs up. Let's try and get it up to two hun for the uh, for the show today. And of course, we'll be back at it tomorrow with a big game day show. We'll hear from Rick Bonus and more from the Winnipeg Jets coming out of the morning skate. And uh, find a little bit more on the resurgent Buffalo Sabres, who will be the visitors tomorrow night. It's all going to get going on at 1. Thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Great stuff with Billick, Rowicki, and Jeff Malata, the Manitoba Moose. Thanks to Remus as well, and all of you for hanging out with us today on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great night. Stay warm. We'll catch you tomorrow before Jet Sabres here on WST. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.